So it was just, it was a, a smorgasbord of creativity. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. Smorgasbord. Like, it's a smorgasbord of creativity. I can hear him laughing like, what? <laughs> All you can eat. Like, like really, Shelby? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. I thank him for that because I can hear every time is that he would, you know, we, we all have those friends that are like, that will shoot you that look like, for real? Like, and I can still, I can, I can see it. I can hear it. Like, I'll say something and I'll be like, like, if he was, he'd be like, for real? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. really? <laughs> whenever, whenever we say something like that on the show, we're always like, well, that's going to open the show. So we'll, we'll put that at the beginning of the show for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smorgasbord of creativity. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are fun. <laughs> Black Podcast, an award-winning, unofficial podcast on Prince. For over 10 years, giving you Prince news, reviews, trivia, and all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the host, Rob S. I think the craziest thing that's happened is when Prince invited me and Captain to meet with him in New York in 2010. Captain. Anytime Prince gets on the guitar and he starts getting up near that top fret, just get ready to blow your head off. Player. Oh my God, that's the Minneapolis sound right there. Toe Jam. There's just layers and layers of stuff going on in his music all the time in every speaker. Find Peach and Black on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Hi, this is Eden Nelson. This is Tony Young. Hi, this is Larry Graham. This is Mr. Hayes. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to... The Peach and Black Podcast. The Peach and Black Podcast. The Peach and Black Podcast. The Peach and Black Podcast, baby. Now over to our host, Rob S. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast. On this episode, we talk to the wonderful and amazing Shelby J. Known to all of you as a vocalist and member in Prince's band, the NPG, but also as a singer who has worked with the likes of D'Angelo, Roy Hargrove, Anthony Hamilton and Mary J. Blige, just to name a few. And in 2017, she released her debut album as a solo artist entitled 10. She's an inspiration to many and always brought fire to the stages at Prince shows around the world. So let's introduce the Peach and Black podcast panel from left to right, it's player. Make some noise. <laughs> Toe Jam. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. <laughs> and Captain. Get out your seats. <laughs> and it's me, Rob Besson, the place to be. And today, on the 10th anniversary of our show and celebrating her 10 years working with Prince, we welcome Shelby J to the Peach and Black podcast. Hi. Hello. Hey. Good morning. <laughs> so first of all, thanks so much for, for being here. Thanks so much for coming on. We've been um, talking to a few people recently, uh, NASA, who you would be aware of, and we spoke yeah. to Morris last year. So it's just a real pleasure to be able to finally get you on the show. And yeah, we've oh. got so many things to cover. But to start with, it's uh, a pleasure for us. And thanks for you know making yourself available. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Let me just say thank you for, you know, having me. And, and thank you for all the love you show, you know, Prince and just our whole music community. You know, that's very cool. Uh, it's what well, it makes it easy because then when the music's good and everything's happening, you know, it's pleasure as well. So, I mean, that's the reason 
we started the podcast over 10 years ago now. We were so into everything and we thought, A, it'd be fun to talk about, but B, it puts a spotlight on the work as well. So we want to make sure we cover that with you too. Before we go into that, we were yeah. hoping to start a little bit further back, if that's all right. Yeah, that's so cool. Just, so let's take it all the way back to, well, I don't know if this is all the way back, but I remember hearing about your involvement and you being a part of the Soultronics. Ah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that was always intriguing to me. D'Angelo's band. Yeah, so that was D'Angelo's band on, on Voodoo, on the Voodoo tour, right? Uh-huh. What we're wondering about is like, how did you get involved with, with him, that tour and those shows? Wow. Well, let's see. We're going back to 99. My oh, God. Wow. 20 years. <laughs> Look at that. It's like, what yeah. is happening? <laughs> but um, Anthony Hamilton, my musical brother, uh, we've you know, yeah. been friends a, re- a real long time. And I was living in New York, working a lot. I was working in a a greenhouse during the day. I was delivering flowers in New York and New Jersey, and I was singing at night. Um, and that was kind of my schedule. I was just on the grind. And Anthony gave me a call. I wasn't out on the road. I had been out on the road previously, like '97, with Groove Theory and things like that. But I was back in New York and working Ooh, like everyone theory. else. Yeah, that was my first uh, professional gig we can get into that Amel and Bryce and tell me became a hit and they had to put a band together in like four days it was crazy I was like right place right time and God but uh with with D'Angelo you know because I was back and Anthony called and he's like what are you doing right now and I'm like well I'm doing a flower delivery in like East Orange New Jersey (laughs) and he's like listen he said D'Angelo is putting together a band and he's looking for a singer and he was actually looking for male singers Like he just, you know, he said he wanted like a tenor, an alto voice. And Anthony was like, listen, I know a girl whose voice will fit this. She's a girl, but it's it's, going to work, you know. So he basically vouched for me. I hadn't, you know, he didn't know me from a, you know, a hole in the wall. And he vouched for me and he said, how quickly can you get over uh, to SIR? And I said, well, I'm dressed. I'm like, I had on like some overalls and had like flowers in my hair. It was just how I did my <laughs> deliveries. I mean, really, it's so funny. We laugh about it now. <laughs> and I ended up going over. I said, I'm coming as I am. And I, I walked right to SIR, walked right in after I drove over from Jersey. And uh, that was, you know, how it all started. And I sang and I harmonized with with Anthony. Um, at that time, it grew to three of us. But at that time, it was just Anthony. And then the band was on a side room. That was my first time seeing Pino and seeing Quest mm-hmm. and seeing uh, Spanky, um, God rest his soul. And I just saw them over there. But we just wanted to go around the piano. And it was like, come on, we're going in here. I was like, okay. So we went in and got around the piano and I just started, you know, singing. He was telling me what to sing and Dee is sitting there playing. And uh, it was just real cool. And that's how that happened. I got called the next day. There were some other people there, too. And I didn't know if there were other people there to audition or to sing. But there were several people kind of out around the lobby area that leads into the actual rehearsal space, like within the SIR, the different rooms. And so, you know, there were some girls, some of them looked like they were going to a club. And I, I just remember seeing all this stuff, you know, I'm walking into my overalls, my flowers. And Anthony's like bringing <laughs> me right into the room. It's so funny. I'm like, Lord. And I walk into this room and it's D at the piano. And we started singing. He's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, okay. 
And he started playing stuff, sing this, sing that. I'd harmonize with Anthony. The same stuff I did, you know, growing up in church, singing with my sisters. I have a very quick ear for harmony. Um, mm. And I credit that to my mother because she would always make me listen for what was missing. She'd always say, listen for what's huh. missing. So I was doing that from like age, you know, five, six, seven. And that really helped me so much around that piano because that's what we would do um, at church. That's what we do at the house. And it was very natural to me. And they called me back. I went in the next day and nobody else was there except for the band and Dee and Anthony. And oh, wow. uh, we were doing Chris Rock. I think four days later, we were doing uh, Chicken Grease on, uh, oh, <laughs> on nice. Chris Rock. Yeah, that was my first. Everybody's like, who is that girl? You know, so, yeah, that's how that all happened. And it grew into uh, the Soultronics because uh, at first it was, I think we were like a, a six piece. It was James Poyser, Pino, oh, Questlove. What, what a band. <laughs> I mean, yes. I'm, I'm saying when you look at that, man, Spanky on guitar with that chicken grease. I mean, I, I feel so thankful and grateful that I was a part of that. And yeah. some people that are finding out about that now. Like they just like princess people think you just woke up and started singing, you know, for, with me, they'll they won't know. They'll find out after kind of some other things that you've done because he he knew some things I had done and everything like that. But it's it's really cool because I've I've definitely been doing, you know, what I love for a long time. And I'm thankful that I've been put in these situations to work with these geniuses and uh, to learn from them. And uh, and to be friends with them too, it's like it's that's just you know that's real cool. And it's it's twenty years. And Anthony was like twenty. He just did the All Star game, and we were talking. He did an, an incredible anthem at the All Star game, and I was like twenty years. Can you believe that? It's like what <laughs> you know. We're yeah. still at it. We're still doing what we love. So. It's real cool, but maybe so, we'll so, do like a reunion. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Quest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of uh, geniuses, though, because Voodoo Tour, I wasn't lucky enough to attend that, but I heard a lot of crazy stories about those shows, like just being, you know, you guys would play and literally tear the place up. Um, yeah, I think North Sea Jazz 2000, that was a famous show, all that Ooh. sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and, and yeah i mean even alan leeds has spoken about how that was you know one of the greatest things he's ever been involved in from a like a live performance perspective so what, what i'm wondering about is what were the similarities versus differences doing that tour and the mpg because that i'm sure there's some similarities but obviously you know different wow that's a great question wow <laughs> you got me you got me over here thinking like man i never really thought about that i um wow you stumped me um <laughs> well i would say this now i would say this that doing the soultronics tour was took was another level and that took me from where i was to that level and mm. i learned things on that level and then with the Prince time, everything with D'Angelo prepared me for that as well. But with, wow, with D, uh, it was just, it was a whole nother, uh, it's a whole nother book. I don't know how to, how to, how to explain it. I was the only girl mm. um, out of like 12 dudes. That was a whole nother <laughs> thing too. Uh, you know, Mama <laughs> Shelby, Sister Shelby. I love it. Those yeah, are my brothers yeah, yeah, for yeah. life. <laughs> and with Prince, you know, I had First, I'm, you know, I'm singing with the twins and then it's, you know, Marva and there are different levels, but I'm, I'm, I'm vocalizing. It's a different feminine energy. 
mm. there mm. that wasn't, you know, with the D'Angelo. So, there, you know, it's a lot of a lot of similarities, but it's just really two great movies separately, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, sometimes I sit back and go like, man, like what? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to just soak it up, just looking at an old video. And it's us tearing up a stage somewhere <laughs> like at the Free Jazz Festival yeah. um, mm. down in uh, Brazil. I think we were, it was in Rio. Yeah, and I yeah. see that and I've got like paint on my face and I'm in, yeah. a, different, I'm in a different place. You know what I mean? It's I'm, another world. Yeah, It's yeah. another world. I'm like, you know, yeah. 27 at that time. So, hmm. you know, just growing through that being that Shelby then and learning from those brothers. And like I said, Dee, Quest, Pino, Frank Lacey, Roy Hargrove. I mean, just being... Oh, around that daily touring with those guys like that. Uh, it really taught me a lot and I soaked up more than I thought. And I really didn't realize how much I had soaked up until years after, you know, and, uh, you know, it's all cumulative as they say. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, when I got with Prince, it was like, I brought all that with me as well. But then I was still growing because then he was teaching me things and showing me things. And I was working with the Morris and the Renato and the Cassandra. And mm. it's just like, ah, you know, so I'm just I'm yeah. just a blessed girl. And I'm so thankful. <laughs> with D'Angelo and Questlove, we know that they're massive Prince fans. Did you ever see them kind of geek out about Prince or? Um, no, I, I wouldn't. See no, no. No, I've never seen him geek out. But the funny thing is, a lot of people don't know this. The first time, I think, let's see, I was with D. We were playing in Minneapolis and we were supposed to go to Paisley Park. I never forget this. And I got to the mall and I was, you know, trying to get something cute. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we ended up not going. And I found out, I think D went later on that night and maybe uh, did some stuff with Prince. I'm not exactly sure, but we found out we weren't going. And by we, I mean like the whole band and everybody going over there. I don't know what happened, but we didn't go. But that, you know, is is a, a memory of just thinking about those two worlds, you know? Nice. Hello? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, everybody got quiet. I'm like, should I start singing? I mean, what should I do? <laughs> um I recall buying the uh, the Roy Hargrove album, um, Hargrove, I think it was called. Yeah, the RH Factor. Yeah, yeah. And I remember instantly loving the track, um, How I Know. And I remember it wasn't until years later that I, I realized that that was actually, oh, that's the Shelby J from the Prince world, like doing that the vocals on that song. Oh, um, yeah, that was a special song. That's a great song. Was, I wrote it, and I wrote it sitting on the floor at Electric Lady Studios. With wow, a I, I wasn't... Playing, playing with a white cat. <laughs> <laughs> I That's mean, how you, you know. know. <laughs> go figure. Um, you know, Roy called me in to do that. And I was, once again, like with the Prince situation, I was going, I thought, to do some background stuff. Uh, no one, I w- wasn't going down there to be a writer or anything like that. It was just right place, right time. He knew I wrote and they were playing the music. And he's like, you know, Shelby, can you come up with something? It's just one of those things. It's like as a writer, you dream of somebody going, can you help me with this? And I went out and sat in the hallway with that beautiful piece of music with, you know, the white kitty cat and sat out there and wrote that song (laughs) and then went in and recorded it. And, uh, you know, it was my first published song as a writer. I'm so proud of it. So thank you for saying that. It's a great song. Yeah. No, I didn't know you'd write it actually. Yeah. Yes, I did. (laughs) Every every word. (laughs) And um, uh, I'm a trumpet player myself and um, 
So Roy Hargrove is actually, you know, one of my idols. Yeah, I miss him every day. Can you tell us a bit about him as a person, as a band leader, as a musician? Wow. Well, Roy was never my band leader. Um, okay. I, I recorded with him for the RH Factor. He was part of D'Angelo's band. That's how we met. Yeah. Um, he was part of the horn section, but he would leave and then Russell Gunn would come in uh, for Roy because Roy had other obligations with his own music. So he would just come in and out when he could, but he was around, you know, around a lot. That's how we became friends and that's how he knew to, you know, give me a call to just come down. Everybody was, you know, down there. Anthony was down there. Different people from our musical circle and band were, you know, coming down. So I worked with him in that capacity. And then I think after we released the RH Factor, I did, I want to say, two or three shows with him in the New York City area of um, doing our song. So he would, you know, be playing all of the rest of his yeah. amazing music and he featured me and I come and sing How I Know. And then when he toured, my beautiful sister, Renee uh, Newfield from Janay, uh, was his lead vocalist on tour. Mm. And she would always give me so much love and, and sing the song and let people know. She was like, my sister Shelby wrote this song. I mean, just little cute things like that. I was like, that's what's up. Respect. But um, <laughs> yeah, work, working with Roy was, was really, really special. And um, I was reflecting on that, of course, you know, with his passing. Uh, mm. even more. It just makes you really think about all those moments you shared, um, mm. creating music and, and playing live and everything. So yeah, I miss them. Yeah. Such a young, young time to go. Yeah. So speaking of playing live and again, you've played with so many people, we might not get to them all, but another, oh. <laughs> uh, another name that I was going to mention was, um, Carlos Santana. And we know that you were on his Change Your World tour. You joined that in, I think it was 2006 or so? Yeah, yeah, I did. I was singing with Anthony. I was singing with Anthony Hamilton. That's how that all worked out. And what happened is, you know, Anthony comes from the church and singing and just a Southern way of doing it. So we're very inclusive with how we do things musically, especially with singers. You have choirs and everybody's like, who's the lead singer? We're all singing. And within Anthony's band, he would do that on, on so many numbers that I was even, you know, a part of. And so I was singing background for Anthony, but it was almost like with Prince, he would, you know, come bring me out and we'd sing stuff and the other vocalists. And so when Carlos Santana saw kind of our energy and everything like that, he decided to feature us basically during part of his set in his show. I mean, we were there to open, which was really great. But then he brought us out to, um, we did, um, Make somebody happy. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. what? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was like, this is, and we we're like in the Red Rock, somewhere out in California where it's everything. There were so many, um, what do you call them? Amphitheaters? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's when we played. Every It was like maybe five or six different shows and they were at venues like that. So that was just another one of those spiritual experiences where it's like, this is really happening. And uh, so I got to know, you know, Carlos and his band and just everything, just being with them like that on tour with someone and watching from the side of the stage, their show on a nightly basis was just, it was, it was otherworldly. It was otherworldly. And they would end up joining you on stage occasionally later with the MPG shows, but maybe we can talk about that later as well. Okay. So yeah, slowly moving into the Prince questions, how much of a Prince fan were you before you got together and met him and worked with him. Oh, yeah. wow. Be I, honest um, now. 
No, of course. Listen, <laughs> I am so truthful yeah. um, to a fault sometimes, but, you know, the truth is always the truth. But my sister, uh, Kim, who's three years my senior, was a serious Prince fan. And uh-huh. I was more into Michael Jackson. And yeah. so, uh-huh. yeah, I had all the like seven, like right on magazines and Michael Jackson. And I knew who Prince was. But there was within that age period, she was just, you know, totally into to him at that time as a teenager. But I would see everything and I started hearing the music, the record. She still had every single record um, it got to me after a while. It's like you can't be around <laughs> that living. You know, it's just definitely I, I soaked it up more than I even thought. And the, the one thing I really started liking, Purple Rain did it for me, but it was just such a, uh, I don't want to say, I don't know if rebel is the right word, but there was just such a sense of uh, I'm free. Um, mm. I could, you, you could see it. You could feel it, you know, and I, you know, I was always Shelby. So I was always, you know, singing yeah. and jumping around and be, I've always been this way. And <laughs> so I, I connected with that. I just, I really did. I, I connected with that. So I, uh, he grew on me. <laughs> uh, thanks, yeah. to my sister, thanks to my sister, Kim. And then when I uh, saw Purple Rain, I was, I was done. I was done. I was like, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. Singing every song, doing the choreography, you know, it was a wrap. I think nice. that was the way with many people like in America was like, if you weren't a fan before Purple Rain, you might have, you've probably heard 1999, but that when Purple Rain came out, the album and the movie, it just was the biggest thing. I don't think you could avoid that if you tried. Yeah. And I tell some people now, I'm like, you watched it. I don't know if you were, you know, for me, it was 84. I was like 12. When you watch something younger and then watch it when you're older, I'm like, watch it again. Like you, it'll it'll have different meaning for you, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh God, yeah. Especially if you you know grown with the music and grown with Prince and through all the different decades of his life and how his music changed, and you watch Purple Rain like now, and it's like wow, you know. And mm. thinking about all of how you've grown and changed and everything, I love stuff like that. So me and my sister just watched it maybe like two weeks ago. <laughs> it was ah. fun. It was fun. <laughs> It was so much fun. So again, prior to meeting Prince and working with him, did you have a favorite song then? And then did that change after when you were working with him? Oh, man. Uh, Baby, I'm a Star is like my my song. That yeah. always uh, that always did it for me. Um, that was High energy. One. Man. Yeah, and yeah. it was just, you know, I, I wanted to sing and, and, you know, be on stage doing that. And so for me, it was just, uh, it just, it, it really, it just did something to my soul. So every time we would even do that live, <laughs> um, you know, we did that song a lot. It just, you know, I remember, you know, I remember being that kid singing that song. And then, you mm-hmm. know, then we're doing it at the Super Bowl. It's like, what is happening? But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I would say, okay, Baby, I'm a Star was my favorite growing up and performing and also ooh there's so many there's so many yeah. good songs <laughs> i just i think a lot of the the harmony stuff that i would do uh with the with Liv and Alisa uh we did that was some beautiful stuff like on a door and and mm, yeah. and, and insatiable and how he Ugh. would structure that and how we would do those harmonies and how, i mean it was just you know there were some very sweet moments and um it's nice when you uh, get to, to blend your voices like that. 
over over music that's that great, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So last month we spoke to our mutual friend, NASA about yeah. how you got him connected to Prince. But can you tell us how you got connected to Prince and your recollections of that first meeting? Wow. I got connected to Prince um, through Sundra Manning and through Larry Graham. Sundra Manning is an amazing keyboardist uh, and organist out of uh, the Bay Area. And she was playing with Larry Graham. And she and I had played together with Martin Luther, um, a singer-songwriter out of California. So that was our connection. And she reached out to me. I was on break from singing with Anthony Hamilton. And she reached out to me to come and do female vocals for Larry Graham's band that she was playing keyboards and organ for. And I was off. It just was, you know, God's perfect time. And I was off for like, I want to say like two weeks, two, two and a half weeks. And I was like, I'm free. I could do what I wanted to do. And I was like, it's Larry Graham. Of course I'll do it. Where am I going? And she goes, well, we're rehearsing in Minneapolis. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So, but she didn't say where she just said, you know, Minneapolis. And so when I got there, we ended up rehearsing at Paisley Park for a show that was at 3121. So that's how that all kind of went down. We I went in with Larry there, performed, met Prince during sound check uh, briefly. He heard me singing and kept asking me to sing a song, Higher Ground, over and over again. I didn't know it was him. It turned out being him. I was freaked out. I was like, what? <laughs> and then, oh, it gets better. I mean, every, you know, it gets better. I love telling <laughs> the story. It gets so, I think about it, I'm like, oh, man. I'm singing with Larry Graham on stage and everybody start. I'm, I'm getting into it and people start going crazy on the stage. And I'm like, man, they're just really feeling this. Right. And it's like, <laughs> no Shelby. <laughs> it was like Prince is walking out like little by little <laughs> now on the, <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. And you know, this is day one. I met him at Soundcheck, um, sort of. And he's mm. he comes up to the mic I'm on and starts singing like we're cheek to cheek singing on the same mic. He's got his guitar. I'm like, this is like a movie. It just was like, <laughs> this is what is happening. Mm. And so that's how it all started. And it just felt it was fun. I couldn't even I was like, this is I'm good. This is what a night. What a night. Uh, and <laughs> I went home. I went home and Larry said, you're going to get a call, you know, um, from Prince's camp. And I was like, okay. And he's like, so, you know, answer the phone. You might not recognize the number, but pick it up anyway. It might look crazy. I was like, okay. And so (laughs) I picked it up and they wanted me to come back out to Vegas to play. Uh, It was the New Year's Eve going into 2007. He was doing a a show there that night at 3121. And he's like, I'm going to sing you some music. It wasn't him, but I think it was Trevor. And he's like, I'm going to sing all this music and learn it and uh, we'll see you in Vegas. <laughs> mm. And I was like, okay. And I I mean, it was that quick. And I went, you know, learning music. It was all kinds of stuff. It was uh, I Never Loved a Man and all these oh, uh, yeah. female songs that Prince, he loved to hear. He wanted, you know, he knew what he liked and he would, you know, have us sing songs that he really loved and we could sing songs we loved as well. But it was just a whole list of songs, not to mention his, you know, his stuff. And I was like, okay, I am going to sing New Year's Eve with Prince in Las Vegas. And so that was my first 
performance with him as far as being with his unit. And I got to meet, you know, all the band. I got out there. I had to meet everyone. I knew Mike Phillips because we had played together in Harlem going back to our Sylvia's days, like 1995, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, going back. And so I had seen Mike. I remember when Mike got in Prince's band. Like, I remember when that happened and we were all geeked. (laughs) Like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, it was like, oh, he's, you know, because he he worked for it and we had all been, you know, in the trenches and playing all the different clubs. So it was just, it's always great to see someone who has paid their dues and really worked towards something. They just didn't wake up and, you know, they're here. They, they, you know, taken the steps and, and the bumps and all that kind of stuff. So Mike was in his band. I rehearsed. I met uh, Cora and Josh and uh, the twins and, and Morris and that particular unit. And, the horns were, were all different. It was uh, Greg Boyer, and, and I don't think Lee was in the band yet, but Maceo was in that unit as well. So this was all like, what? And I just started rehearsing with them. And he just went right into, I never, he went right into the chord of Never Love the Man. You know, he's like, he kind of looked at me and then he went right into it basically to see, like, did I do my homework? He was going to see from day one. <laughs> Because there was a certain level. Now I, I get it because that's there was a certain um, level of quickness that he liked for people to absorb material because he has so much. You had to be able to, you know, absorb it quickly and study and do the work. And so he went right into it and I started singing it and, you know, he was smiling and it was cool. And I looked over, Mike was smiling. I was like, OK, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Um, and then we, we played New Year's New Year's Eve. And after the gig, he asked me to be in his band. And I was like, absolutely. And I, I had to, uh, no question. And I was thinking, I was like, I got to call Anthony <laughs> to let him know because I was only off for like two weeks. But I gave him a call. He was happy for me and uh, let him know. And then Prince let me know that we were going to start getting ready for the Super Bowl. Just like that. Very nonchalant. It was, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Even when I say it back, I'm like, if I didn't know I was telling the truth, I think it was a lie. It's like, it's so, it just shows you how, you know, as my grandma would say, sometimes you get what you pray for and sometimes you get what you work for too. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, that's, I just have such a, I'm so grateful, I guess, to even be able to, when I talk to you guys and talk to other people and I get to think about just how blessed, you know, my life has been and how these people have come in and out of my life musically and, and changed my whole life and, and just taught me so much. And it's just like, it's, it's something. And when I, when I can talk about it with you guys, it's like, uh, I don't know, it just, it just puts it right in front of me, almost like in color. You know, and I'm like, wow, you know, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, I want to ask a question about the uh, 3121 Vegas shows. There's a funny story that I, I think it's Chris Tucker who tells a story about Michael Jackson being in the audience and oh, Prince yeah. going up to him, playing bass in his face is the way uh, Chris Tucker describes it, I think. Um, that sounds like you- him. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you, were you there on that night and do you have any memories? Oh yeah, I was there on that story. night. Can you confirm or deny that story? Listen, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see the bass in the face. I didn't see that. But what I did, I do remember, is Prince very nonchalantly coming up to uh, it was me and Nandy, I think, talking in the hallway, 
and saying, come on, come on, I, I want you guys, want you to meet somebody. Come on, I want you to come with me. And so we were like, okay, we're, you know, backstage in the area. And you never knew it, it could be anybody, you know, mm. but we had heard rumors that, you know, Michael Jackson's coming to the show, but nothing, you know, I didn't see him. I'm out there singing. We're, you know, doing 3121, doing the music. And when he took us into this room and um, Maya was already down there and we all three of us walked in together to this room and Michael Jackson turns around in the, mm. in the dressing room, like, Prince of Michael Jackson and like us just standing there. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> I was that's just, not you know, at all. <laughs> it's hey, you know, it's that's not a bad night. And uh he was, you know, he really loved our show. He was being very, he was like, you know, I he was like, you know, I, I loved your singing and you guys put on a really great show and the dancing was great. And we were just like, thank you, you know, come on, it's Michael Jackson. And the prince is smiling because you know, he's you know. <laughs> Because <laughs> we we did put yeah we we left it on the stage and uh, we put on a great show that night and I think I want to say was Mavis Staples there that night that might have been the night Mavis was there as well I have to check on that wow. but oh, I know right there were just it was so close Vegas is so close to L A yeah. um, there's so many people they can just scoot right over like a lot of people music people and everything so they would come over and it's like you know Prince is playing he only plays on the weekends and you know they were coming to see that show and it was, it was a great show. I, I got to ask a follow-up question there. Cause you said earlier Uh-oh. that uh, as a child, you were a, a bigger Michael Jackson fan. So if on that <laughs> night, Michael Jackson had a said, Shelby, join my band. What would you have said? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a bit awkward. Oh, that would have been, been real awkward. Prince, let me talk to you for a minute. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, was, I I think I was pretty comfortable and, and pretty hmm. happy kind of where I was right then and there. But that's a fun, y- y'all have some funny questions, boy. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> like, Chris's band and Michael Jackson's band. I tell them, be like, y'all have to share me. You have to share me, guys. <laughs> Work it out. You get me on Tuesday, you get me on Work Wednesday. It out. I'll sing with you on Thursday. We can do Billie Jean on Thursday, and then we can do 1999 on Friday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That whole thing sounds like uh, such a whirlwind from being with Carlos, then through through Larry doing the 3121 rehearsals, all of a sudden, I mean, Michael Jackson, <laughs> Super Bowl's coming up next. That's such a whirlwind experience in a short space of time. Right. And during this time at 3121, that's when we were finishing up Planet Earth, which Mm. was an album Uh, that started before I got with him. So, but I wasn't on it, but then I ended up being all over this record. And Mm. um, that was, you know, Chelsea Rogers and Future Mama and Mr. Goodnight. And so, you know, it it was definitely a, a whirlwind and just a real... Just a just such a blessing for someone who loves like I love to sing and I love mm. I love to sing I love to travel I love to meet people hug people get to know folks so it's like I got to combine so many of the things that I love to do and I'm doing them with people that I've admired and people whose music has just taught me so much it's just like what so you know I'm never it never. It never gets to a point to me where it's like, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, I did this and I did that. Hmm. It's like never. Like I, I, I understand how extremely fortunate and blessed my life has been. You know, absolutely. Yeah, mm. yeah, man. Well, you, yeah. You just mentioned Planet Earth a second ago. Recording, I would imagine, uh, vocals and overdubs for for that record before Super Bowl, right? 
Yeah. That was, you know, during that time, because I was going, I went from Vegas to LA to record Chelsea Rogers. And we were still actually at 3121, like while that was being mixed, because when I heard it, I was, you know, back in Vegas. So I think we went to, let me see, one, two, three, four. Wow. I'm just trying to think of when the O2 stuff started, because that was right after. I'm, I'm going forward like to like, you know, May, June, 2007. I'm backing up to February. What was the release of Planet Earth? There's a trivia one for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> My recollection is it came out the same week as um, the uh, London shows, the O2 shows. I'm pretty sure it was like middle of 2007, yeah. Didn't he put it in a paper? I think he yep. put it in a paper yeah. too over there. Yeah. yeah. But, well, we so were that recording. must have been like a month before the shows because I think it was yeah. like a promo for the shows. Yeah. Yeah. So we were recording all that early 2007 and doing shows. <laughs> But you're all over that album. I mean, I think seven out of the 10 songs on planet Earth you're singing vocals on, including the um, Grammy Award winning Future Baby Mama. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you've just come in and you're all over the record, which is incredible. But um, the question I've got for you is what was that whole experience like? Because that's really the first full album that came out after you joined the band and you're you know, on three more than, you know, you're 75% of that album you're on. Was it daunting, yeah. exciting or... Both. It was it was it was exciting. It was unbelievable because a lot of times, you know, you do vocals and like even when I did Chelsea Rogers, I thought I was going to do background vocals and it ended up being a whole lot more than that. Hmm. Um, and so a lot of times with Prince, you, you would lay stuff. You wouldn't know what he was going to keep or how he would hear it or what he was going to add to make the that particular composition complete. So you would hear it in different stages. So I just really didn't know until he, you know, played the record. And it was just like, I kept hearing myself, you know, and I kept hearing how he left all of these, you know, vocals that he let me arrange. I mean, this dude is letting me mm -hmm. arrange vocals on like his record. Like what for Future Baby uh, future Mama and Mr. Goodnight. And he's trusting me to do it. And so, and he likes what I did, you know, it's like, that was so, um, it was really, it was, it was gratifying to me that yes, like he, he gets, he gets my, my art, like how I hear things and how I sing things. He has an appreciation for it. And he is like giving me the thumbs up, like, this is good enough to be on this record with me. And I'm, you know, just for somebody to be that selfless was very, very cool. Uh, it says a lot. It says a lot about him. And uh, for me, I was just, I was like, what? And I kept hearing, I would hear it on the radio and I heard those background vocals and I was just like, man, he left a lot. You know, it's like, he left a lot of me in there, a lot. Hmm. And so just, you know, a generous, a generous, generous brother. And uh, it, it helped me trust my voice more. You know, it helped me trust the things that I would hear in my head, you know, because he would tell me that trust what you hear, trust it. You know, everybody doesn't hear that, Shelby. So trust what you hear. Mm -hmm. And uh, help me learn to do that more, you know. So trust your gift, you know. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, man. I'd like to back up a few months to the Super Bowl again. Okay. And, um, we've had a we've had something of a, a long running debate on this show for the last ten years about <laughs> the extent to which the Super Bowl was actually live. Now we're all pretty convinced that Prince's vocal, your vocal, and Prince's guitar were live, but we're not convinced that the rest of the band was actually live. Could oh, you no, possibly we... confirm or deny something? Listen, 
Listen. <laughs> as far as I know, <laughs> like you know who you talk about, right? This is, this is <laughs> like you know, um, he was all about live, you know. Yeah, you know, he was, yeah, man, he talked about you, like you know, what you have to do in a karaoke, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like this is people didn't come to see that. Uh, so, you know, we were, we were doing it as, as far as I know, everything was super live and, you know, cool. Mm, yeah, we were like, we convinced that Otto was playing them keys and everything was, you know, yeah. just the way we rehearsed it, you know, yeah. and it's something to be so, you know, when you, when I look at stuff sometimes and it's us and I can really say this, I listen to it and I know you know, we're there at the, the performance and I'm, I'm listening to it or watching it. And I'm like, man, they sound, man, that band is tight. Like, <laughs> who sound, like for real, like who sounds like what? So I <laughs> see how people would be like, is that, or is that, you know, really real? Or are they playing everything? <clears throat> because, you know, Prince, he put together tight bands. He ran a tight ship with oh, that. Oh yeah. And uh, he, but he, it, he took you to that level, which I'm, I'm thankful for. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I can because because we know that the like the Super Bowl, yeah, they filmed it like the whole the rehearsal just in case something happened later on and it couldn't be live. Yeah, I heard but them yeah. say that they filmed it in case it rained, <laughs> and I said, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, so imagine I was like, "What? They, it's raining!" Like, uh oh. But no, man, everything was, uh, you know, on a, a wing and a prayer, and, and all that electricity around us, and the pyrotechnics. Yeah. And, and, and Mixed with the rain and the electricity, I don't know about Listen, that. My braids, <laughs> my braids flinging through the air and splashing <laughs> <up> water, <laughs> and the twins spinning. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a beautiful memory. I look back on it, I'm like, I wouldn't change a thing, man. It was so memorable. Like all the things that was like, what is? I can't believe we're about to go do this, and there's standing water on the stage. You couldn't. So many things that you couldn't see from that perspective. Like you know, as mm-hmm. I'm in these shoes and I'm taking steps and there's water, I can see it splashing ah. up. And I'm just like, please don't fall. Please don't knock Prince off the stage. Into the family band. <laughs> like, don't be that girl, Shelby. Don't be that girl. <laughs> every time I watch back that video, I'm like, I'm watching you and the other girls. You seem to be like, every step is such a careful step just in case, you know, you don't want to slip over on the, on the floor there. Yeah. You say, a, you say in a prayer before every step. <laughs> you say in a full prayer. But um, yeah. what was so cool is he, you know, he was like, he he had confidence in us. He told us to do it, like, don't change a thing. Do it just like we rehearsed it. And, like, when somebody tells you that, like, right before, it's like your coach telling you right mm. before you got on the field. You know what I mean? Get it out gives there. You that, <laughs> yeah, it gives you that just reassurance. Like, he cool, I'm cool. All right, let's go do this. He's not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. Let's go do this. And so we did it. And, uh Wow, I'm like, and it was, was the best moment. Super Bowl performance ever, as everyone keeps voting year after year. Nothing's hey, topped it yet, so you know, Purple Rain in the Rain. I mean, how how can you really top hmm. Purple Rain in the Rain? I'm like, yeah, you know, come on, that's it, that's <laughs> it. Mic drop, boom, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of mics, I just want to take it back a little bit to uh, you were talking about harmonizing uh, vocals, mm-hmm. and you know we spoke about your you being on Planet Earth the album, but then you were also all over 2010, the album. And one of the tracks that uh, you were on, uh, I think 
Liv and uh, Elisa were also on was Future Soul Song. Yeah. And I just think those, that's such a beautiful example of harmonizing because it's just like everything's perfectly balanced. It's like sweet and sugary and and it's got a body. It's like everything. Every time I listen to that track, that's one of the, for me, one of my favorite examples of just getting it perfect vocally. Wow. It was just incredible. Do you have any memories of, of that particular, of recording vocals for, for that song? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me say thank you for saying that. Thank you so much uh, for saying that. I do. Um, Elisa Liv and I, our, our voices, like Prince always knew how to make things really, really blend in a way of bringing out that best part of your voice on certain songs and and just basically showing you individually, because he would do this with each of us, how to get a particular sound. We could all sing, you know, we could all Mm. sing. We'd all been singing for a while, but it wasn't so much about just being able to sing the note or know the note. It's about the the blend, which is something like, you know, I said, I grew up doing with my sisters and then it came naturally to me with D'Angelo, but Prince, he did that as well with, with us because he'd be like, oh, Shelby, you sing, you know, don't sing that so hard. You got the note. You're all over the note. But just back that down so that way Liz's note can breathe here and Elisa's note can breathe here and watch how pretty that is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he got that. He was like a, you know, like a painter with our voices. No question. So I, I do remember doing those vocals and we did those in, oh, wow, I want to say we're in, stu- we're, we're in Studio A. We did those in Studio A. Just, hmm. oh man, just really beautiful memories of uh, recording vocals, you know, with, with those girls. And a lot of vocals, sometimes Prince would let us record ourselves. Uh, <laughs> there's some funny stories about the analog. So I learned, you know, we all have learned how to work, you know, the machine with the tape. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, just write the numbers down and we go back. I'm like, this is great. I'm like, engineering, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, but I do remember that. That's one of my favorite songs, too, uh, to sing uh, with, with my sisters. And I look forward to them. I miss singing with them. And uh, we might have to sing together again, do some little, do some harmonizing, you know, when it's time, when it's time. Yeah, I, I remember hearing uh, you guys do that live at North Sea Jazz in 2011. I was actually lucky enough to be in attendance that show. And um it was such a trip because that song didn't always get an outing, you know, but it, you played it that night on stage and it, it turned out really well. So that was cool. Thank you. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go back just a little bit before your time with Prince. This is back Musicology Tour 2004. Wow. I actually, I actually <laughs> saw two Prince concerts. One was in Columbia, South Carolina. The other one was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, and okay. apart from being the two loudest audiences I'd ever heard in my life up to that point. <laughs> like the roar when Prince mentioned that in Columbia, that it was John Blackwell's hometown, that the noise was just unbelievable. And um, yeah, looking back at the tour dates, we know that you went back to your home state a few times with Prince over the years when you were with him. Now, what is that like to go back to your own state, your own area is that different from playing any other place when you know it's like your home, your that's your ground? Oh yeah. I mean, it's just such a feeling of of pride and and just love. Um, you know, bringing Prince to Greensboro. And uh, we planned that this whole tour was in North and South Carolina. 
Um, Because I had another event going on at the time and I needed to be (laughs) in North Carolina in March. Right. That's that's another story for another day. But (laughs) I needed to be kind of, you know, local. And we played, people were like, man, they're playing Raleigh and Greensboro and Columbia. Everything I think there like, was six you know, or seven shows all around that area. Yeah, yeah it was like a, a 30 minutes away from each other. But there was just, you know, I, I remember driving when I got home and we drove in and my high school had put up, a, you know, the like the sign that's in front of your high school. It's got like PTA meeting. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The like message that. board so, thing up there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm we driving down the street. And it said, welcome home, Shelby J. Oh, wow. Prince, and, the, I'm, and the new, I mean, it was just like, what? I was, we were like, I was like, oh my gosh, just so much. They're like, we're so proud of you. You know, just so much hometown love. And they, mm. you know, the news cameras came out and they wanted to just, they were celebrating with me this moment because, you know, I remember going to that Coliseum and, seeing a Prince concert. I remember the same Coliseum, uh, like we're about to play in, you know, and I'm about to sing and, and I'm going to be dancing around the stage with the man who now is my brother and my mentor and my teacher. And it's like, wow. So my hometown, hmm. they, they gave me a lot of love. They were proud of me. They let me know it. Everybody was at that show in Greensboro. I told Prince, I said, listen, I said, everybody I have ever known in the history of ever (laughs) (laughs) is here. (laughs) Is here. Like people that knew my grandmama's mama, like they are here. Okay. And it was just, Mm. it was great. And he met so many of my family members that night and took the time. I mean, he didn't have to do any of that. It was it was a real special night. It was a very special night when he shouted me out on that stage to my hometown like that. And yeah. people there that had, you know, they, they know the whole story. You know, they know Shelby when she's singing around here at Hot Shots on Thursday nights and over here at the Sheraton on jazz nights, mm. going way back to when I'm, you know, like 18, 19 years old. Back in the church. Yeah, they remember. They were, you know, little Shelby with the solo. Come on, Jesus loves me. You know, and so <laughs> they saw all of that. So for them, it was like, yes, they were they were very happy for me. And, you know, I'm so many of them, of them had, you know, prayed for me and just just really held me down and been so supportive through it all. And so it was they were happy to see me be on that level and performing with someone on that level like that and for him to give me so much love in front of them was just, you mm. know, I was like, stop saying my name. Stop it. Like, <laughs> like stop. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But don't stop. Yeah, yeah but don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Boy, that's I'm a, uh, <laughs> I'm a music teacher and if one of my students ever got to play with Prince, I would definitely be putting it out the front of the school on the sign. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. And my, yeah. And my, core, my, my uh, ensemble teachers were there and yep. like... I taught her everything she knows. Yeah, from junior <laughs> high. And, you know, it was, it was just really... It was, it was a really special time. It's like my cousins were there. They did the catering, <laughs> which is <laughs> awesome. I was like, yay. Uh, they do a lot of events around here, but it was just, you know, walking around and it's like, I'm, you know, seeing family and friends and everything. And Oh, oh, by the way, I got to go get dressed because I'm about to go hit the stage with Prince too. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, then there's that. So it was, it was Nothing really like special hometown home. shows. Nothing like yeah. hometown love. And I, I, I love where I'm from and I talk about it so much because I know that it made me who I am 
And I like mm. who I am and I'm still growing. I'm still learning. But I know that, you know, that I'm a mother's daughter and, and, and she's her mother's daughter and all of that stuff that came from this North Carolina soil, all of the, the teachings and all of, of their mm. living and all of their struggles and all of their, you know, love of God and all of everything, all of that's in me. And so I talk about it all the time. People are like, I got to come to North Carolina. I got to get some of that. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, come on. You know, we have our, we have our stuff like everybody else, but I know fundamentally I'm who I am because of where I'm from, you know? So yeah, yeah man. Okay. My next question, it's uh, sort of related and it's how important is like, whether it's in a small venue or a massive venue, how important is audience participation to the artists on stage? Like some shows, they're right with you. They're going crazy. Other shows, they're just sitting on their hands, just not giving back what you need. Like that's, yeah. that's where you used to get up on the mic and say, get up out of your seats, put your hands up, you know, do something. Yeah. I'm definitely that hype girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was the good part of your job. Yeah, I loved it. How important is it to get that energy back like when you're up on that stage? It's great. And what's so cool is, and when you were talking, I just I thought of something that I experienced. People appreciate stuff different. And by that I mm. mean sometimes what looks like bored to you is somebody really having a moment with a song that you're singing or that's mm. something that's happening and you don't know it because it looks like what you know is as bored. That's what it looks like to you. Yeah. But that's not what it is with that person. That's not what they're experiencing. So I've learned that as well because people just, they experience things and they show it differently. However, when it comes a time to get a, a room up and jumping, uh, it's good to be able to do that too and let them, I would always say people, they're going to feel what's real. Like you just, you always feel it. Like if it comes from your heart, people are going to, it's going to go to the heart. I, I really, truly believe that. And because it's just energy, that's really all it is. Yeah. So when I'm up there, I'm singing, but I'm giving out energy and I'm hoping that the people that are out there are receiving it and feeling it the way that I'm sending it out there. Now, some of them will and they'll get it and they'll throw their hands up. Some of them might feel it and they might just want to just kind of nod their head. They still feel it, yeah. <laughs> but they just kind of, yeah, they might want to just nod their head. They just feel it in a different way. That's a bit I like me. It. I mean, I don't dance. I'm not a dancer. I'm yeah. happy just to sit down and watch a show, no matter how crazy or calm that show is. I enjoy the show just by sitting there. You know, I'll clap like crazy at the end of a song or even during a song. But yeah, I'm probably one of those ones that you guys might look out and like, look at that guy. He's just sitting there. Yeah, but I'm having a great I'm having a great time. <laughs> you gotta let people be who they are and, and and be cool with that. So for me, I'm like, I totally get that. That's and that's all right. And it's like you can appreciate stuff your way. And that's I you know, I can't be taking, you, know, you should do this. You know, do it, do yeah. it the way I do it. It's like, no, man. So that's, that's cool. I get it. Uh, I'd like to ask a question about um, your performance with the NPG on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno in 2009. Wow, uh, boy, you are taking me back to when I had hair. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think you had a hat on from memory. So. <laughs> well, yeah, but I had cornrows. I had cornrows. A <laughs> um, oh. couple of questions. Can you confirm or deny that Prince is wearing your sunglasses? I think there's a story out there where on yes. Old School Company, uh, he's wearing your sunglasses. Yes, they were Dolce & Gabbana. 
And uh, I remember him so well because I still kept them. So when I cut all my hair off, he was like, they're too big for your face because they were like huge <laughs> glasses. But um, yeah, right before he went on stage, he needed some glasses. And I was just, mm-hmm. mine were right there. And I just handed them to him, you know, and that was that. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, what am I going to say? Like, nah, Prince. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't wear my, you can't wear my glasses, Prince. Like, no. So that's, you know, it's just what you do. But yeah, those are. Those and he, you know, he would wear stuff sometimes. He wasn't really into like, you know, um, like the labels. So he wasn't into like, oh, it's got to be this label or that label. But he just liked stuff that looked cool. I think that was one thing I really liked about Prince actually is that he never like, you never saw him wearing a brand name or anything. Yeah, um, he, he just liked stuff that was fly, and he, you know, get it, get it made if he wanted it, or it was just, you know, it was, it was unique. But uh, yeah, he rocked them glasses. So that's true. I can confirm those are Shelby glasses. Yes. Bing. <laughs> can you recall in that uh, performance? I think the very moment he takes the glasses off and the crowd just go nuts. And I think he forgets his lyrics at that point. No, that never happened. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Every time I watch that, I, I think to myself like, oh, dang, it's a good thing that Shelby and, and the girls were on the ball because you guys come straight back in on, on the correct backing vocal at the right time okay. and kind of keeps everything you know intact. Oh, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. So like, al- although that kind of thing might be unsusceptible to the audience, unless you watch it a few times and you sort of realize what's happened. I imagine a moment like that might have caused like a brief moment of panic. Was it a requirement to rehearse songs with the lead vocal missing, given that Prince had this tendency to go off script in the live setting and even occasionally forget his lyrics? Well, we would rehearse a lot without Prince. Just the band, first of all, with different vocalists, we would do vocal rehearsals separately um, as well. So it was different stages. We would do vocal rehearsals at the hotel. We do vocal rehearsals at Paisley in like the side room area by the big kitchen. We would do uh, vocal rehearsals in the morning and then two or three hours later, join in with the band, still no Prince, or sometimes mm-hmm. join in with Morris. And so there were different stages to it, but you definitely had to know your part. Like he was like, you got to know where your stuff is without going off anybody else. Like you can't know where your part comes in by if somebody misses this baseline, you can't do it that, that way. It's not a good way, to, you know, it's not a good crutch to have because uh, somebody, if you're listening for a part and it doesn't come and instead of instead of knowing I come in on a second measure, then you're going to be in tr- you're going to be in trouble. So, yeah. yeah, he de- Yeah. So we had to definitely know where we needed to be, whether he was singing the song or not, because sometimes he'd be up there and he just play and he wouldn't sing his lead. You know, but we still be coming right in of, you know, old school company, you know, just whatever that part was. It's like you yeah. got to know where to come in. Yeah, you got to know where to come in. Once you learn that and kind of get that skill, because at first it's like a little like what? It's a little scary. Uh, it just helps you develop another skill. And it's like it just helps you be that much more like on top of your vocal game or on top of your keyboard game or, you know, so. Back in 2010, you accompanied Prince for his BET Life Achievement Award and he could have picked anyone to go with him and he chose you. Can you yeah. kind of elaborate on that 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 moment? Ooh, man, that um that was just special. Yeah, like you said, it's not lost on me that he absolutely could have invited anybody to go with him. And 
he was so cool with the way he did it. He was like, yeah, I got to, you know, I got to go out to L.A. Now, I had seen the advertisements for the BET Awards and, I, and you know, honoring Prince, Lifetime Achievement. And we were at Paisley, you know, we were rehearsing. We had stuff coming up and everything. And so I had cut my hair off. I want to say like at the in April, end of April that year, early May. And, but it was fresh, fresh, you know, June, I think was when the BT Awards were, but so no, maybe only the band had seen me without hair, uh, no one else really. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I'm there with her and Prince, I didn't even tell him when I was going to cut my hair off. I just did. It and I showed up and I hoped I wasn't fired. And thank God he was like, he <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I was like, I hope he likes this because it's just too late to go back now. I have to run down here to the wig store, but um, I hope he digs it because this is where I'm at. But he just nonchalantly was like, um, yeah, I'm going to, you know, out to L.A., uh, BET, I want you to roll with me. And I was like, OK. And, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, get a couple of nice dresses and some stuff. We're going to go to some parties and stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, that was that was that. And I actually didn't really know until the night before that I was actually going with him to the ceremony for the BET Awards. I mean, he was just, he's so mysterious like that. You know, it's just like, be ready, (laughs) stay ready. (laughs) And um, it was something, it was one of those, you know, Cinderella moments where it's like someone I love and respect so much is asking me to be a part of a time where they're, you know, really honoring him in such a beautiful way. And I remember going to the rehearsal, watching, you know, um, Alicia and Janelle and they're going through the stuff and just all that energy of that. And I'm like, you know, he invited me to be with him during this whole experience. And that that was I wasn't singing. I, we didn't have any gigs. You know, this was this was some friendship. And, uh, you know, I was just real thankful that he did that. But it was it was one of those moments where it's like, OK, here we go. And I just mm-hmm. didn't know we were. I remember we, I walked in. I was and Nasser was there because Prince <laughs> was still back at the hotel. And so we actually got to the, the arena where it was happening. And so they had people filling seats. Uh, and so Prince was like, he was like, yeah, I'm going to come. I'm doing this and I'll meet you. You guys just, you know, just go. Everybody knows where to go. They'll, they'll take you to where you got to go. So it's like, okay. So as I'm walking in, we keep walking and we keep walking and we keep walking. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And, and, and we're going like to the very front row. And uh, it was, yeah, on the end, <laughs> like the end seat. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. This is great. And so, and Nasser's there and then Nasser leaves. And shortly after, you know, that, here comes Prince. You know, it's like, here, here we go. This is going to be fun. I looked at him. He kind of looked at me. I'm like, because I am I know everything I didn't know. And he knows everything I didn't know, too. So it's kind of like, <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> it's like, I'm giving him a look like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> you know, so, but it was, it was real special. And it was such a, we had so much fun that night, just cutting up and, you know, a little private jokes and little thing, you know, it, it was just, it was great. It was just a really beautiful night. You just mentioned the rehearsal. So I have to jump in quickly and ask you, do you remember if uh, Alicia during the rehearsal, whether she actually jumped on top of the piano nope. like that? 
No, nope, uh, okay. nope, I had a similar question. <laughs> the reaction you saw us have. <laughs> when that was said, live. Oh, man. I was like, no, she didn't. Yes, she did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, she didn't do that in rehearsal. No. Uh, <laughs> question. Did, did Patty LaBelle throw the shoe in the rehearsals? No. <laughs> she didn't throw the shoe either. You know, so. It was, uh, man, what a, what a night that was. Wow. And, and I felt so honored being there to watch the greats honor this great man, you know, and I'm, I'm right there, you know, as he's, as they're talking about him and I'm just, I couldn't help but to smile. And my mother said, oh, Hmm. you were just smiling. And I was so happy because I'm like, I think these same things, you know, about him, you know, Prince's people talk about it. They're like, oh, I heard he was, you know, complicated and difficult and everything. And I tell everybody, you know, no human is perfect. We all have our stuff. Um, But the thing about it is learning to, you know, to grow and you can, you know, you can grow out of, you know, bad habits and you can learn new things and you can have good days and bad days. But this man was just a musical genius. And he he would push you, but he pushed you to be a better you. And, you know, I make jokes. I'm like, man, this guy sometimes it's like, oh, I said, I won't throw a shoe at him. And I'm like, you better duck. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's real. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's not about, you know, he was perfect all the time or we're, you know, or anything like that. Or, you know, it's just about the beauty of his complexity. Like, if that makes sense, you know, you have to be complex mm. and make that kind of music and to contribute the way he did in this world. And I just, yeah. that's, yeah, man, I hope I can do a, a smidgen of that and leave that behind for people. Like just if I can just do a smidgen of what he's left behind for so many people and his speech, I don't know if you've watched his speech from that night at the BT Awards, but if, if you haven't seen it in a while, really go back and watch and listen to what he said Um, when he got up there to actually accept the award, because they were clapping. They weren't going to stop clapping. He was like, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Like, Stop. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. He he had um, some, he had a serious message to, um to communicate. Yeah. And it's, you mm. know, that was a very, very, very special. Now he says some things that needed to be said. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad I was there to experience it and to, to just be in that moment with him. So I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I'm grateful forever for so much. You know, I was just thinking about what you were saying about, you know, no, no person's perfect and we all have our stuff. But also from a from an artistic point of view, it's like I would imagine, you know, no pressure, no diamonds. Right. Like you need to you need to everyone needs to rub each other up a little bit and and to great. Otherwise, what's the point? That's kind of the, the feel of the whole thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And people bring who they are with them, you know, and and it's not that people can't grow and evolve, but you have some people that pressure won't make them a diamond. Pressure might make them run. So you've actually got to want to go through that. You got to want to stick it out through all the lumps and the bumps and all of that. You got to stay put through that pressure to become that diamond and yeah. and just just learn learn some stuff and i even think about it now you know i have so much stuff like i've been putting together a different part of my music room and i have so many of my my notes my notebook from prince and and my time with him looks like a it looks basically like two phone books um, stacked on top of each other. I keep everything. Huh. Uh, but with my notes, with the different, you know, it's a lot of songs that mm. I learned and notes from 
recording and notes from uh, the vocal rehearsals with the girls and then, you know, stuff like that. Just looking at all that stuff um, and understanding how it all plays a part in, you know, this this whole story, you know, and just it's, it's never lost on me just how fortunate, you know, my experience you know, was and is, and, you know, I got a lot more I want to do. And, uh, that's why I'm, I'm so thankful to, to still be here. That's another topic, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so, oh man, listen, I'm so very thankful because I got so much more I want to do, uh, musically, um, in this world and so much that Prince showed me that I could do and taught me that I could do. Um, and I need to be here to do it. And so I'm thankful that I'm, that I'm here and that I'm healthy and, and ready to do some good stuff. Yeah. Some more good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> something, something you mentioned just a minute ago it reminded me of when we were talking to Morris, and he said, um, "You know, you'd turn up at rehearsal, and you'd be rehearsing away, and you'd and everyone would be like, which which prince is going to show up today? You never knew what mood he was going to be in. It was going to be a serious prince or a joking prince, and just something you said before just reminded me of that. Yeah, and you and the thing about it is, you know, you you got to know." you know, that's Prince, you know, that's, that's his brother. He's, he's a complex dude, you know, he's, you know, he's a, he's a beautiful dude. He's a complex brother and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And so I don't know. Everyone's got their own personalities. Yeah. Well, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We, we all do, but it's just really, uh, there's so much that comes with that. (laughs) That is Mm. so (laughs) wonderful. You know what I mean? It's like even talking, even talking about it, it's like, Oh, like you know, you made me so upset right then, but gosh, I ooh, I learned something. Doggone you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and a lot of times you don't see that till years after. Oh, you figure, yeah. you know, you see, oh, he was setting he that's was why. Yeah. this or yeah. he was doing this for this. And that's happened a lot. This happened, you know, every year there's something else. Every hmm. you know, there's something else. There's something else that, that's enough, coming to me here that I'm remembering. Enough for a lifetime, right? Enough for a lifetime. Yeah, hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, I'm just thinking, just want to close off that BET Lifetime oh, okay. 2010 performance. I had one last thing that popped up into my head now. Did you ever get a sense of, you know, because lifetime achievement, it's just it's just a word, you know, some, sometimes they throw it out there really early. Sometimes they throw it out later in, in a career. But did you ever get a sense of what he thought of that? I mean, obviously he was there. and Yeah, he was there, but yeah, reading me about the award, like what he thought about mm, the award. Yeah, yeah. He was definitely, he wouldn't have showed up. Like if he didn't, you know, if he didn't mm. want to be there and be a part of it, because you can, just because somebody, uh, an organization like we want to give you this, you can actually decline it. You could say like, mm. no, I, I refuse, you know, I don't want to, be honored yeah. in this way, be at the, you know, the Oscars or different award shows and whatnot. But um, I think, you know, Prince always was a man that would mean what he said, you know, he said, say what you mean and mean what you say. And he said that night, you know, to Deborah Lee and to Stephen Hill, you know, how much this award meant to him and he would, he would remember it for the rest of his life, you know? So he's not the kind of brother that says stuff just to say it. So yeah. by him saying that, um, that means I a lot. Knew yeah. It means a man, I mean, everything is his words. And, mm. and he was there and, and hearing him say that like that and, and watching him and feeling his energy through the whole thing. Because like I said, you know, he could have declined it or, or, or just, you know, not let him honor him and not gone. But um, I think that he also knew that this was an opportunity for him to say some things he wanted to say. 
to a group of people he wanted to say them to. Right. And yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, so, you know, this brother, <laughs> I'm telling you, mm. always like 20, 30 years ahead. And um, yeah, a few steps ahead. So, yeah. So I, I know it. I know it was special to him. And he was, you know, he always, I'm not into awards and everything. He told me that one time I congratulated him on some nomination because that's just me. I was like, oh man, congratulations. <laughs> He's like, He's like, it's just an award. He goes, oh, awards, you know, and he gives me this look and I'm just like, <laughs> but dude, you got them out here in your hallway, man. They're in these little, what, what, they're here. I, I just passed two Grammys and an American Music Award walking down the hall. <laughs> so <laughs> they got to mean something, you know. I just think he just, mm. you know, was really about the music and the fact that people appreciated it like that was just a bonus. But I don't ever think that was his, he, never his motivation. You know, his motivation was the art. You know, not the yeah. not the reward or the award. It was the just the the music and the message and stuff. So, well, I think it also makes it easier when you get such an amazing tribute that's now been filmed and you know archived for forever. Now, you know, people can watch that. Generations can watch that performance and that moment and that speech and all that kind of stuff. So that's really cool. But everyone on that stage honored Prince in some way by playing his music. And obviously mm-hmm. when you were in the band in the MPG, you guys mostly played Prince's music, but you also did some choice cover cuts, let's call mm-hmm. them. Um, so I'm thinking about in particular songs that stand out in my memory where, I mean, you were the vocalist, but really you were the lead vocalist on some of these tracks where you got to show off your pipes, so to speak, on Brown Skin, Misty Blue, um, oh, yeah. Angel, those those sorts of things. What are your memories of performing those really kind of classic covers uh, in the middle of Prince's music as well? Yeah, it was beautiful. I never saw anyone put a show together the way he would do it, um, the way he would incorporate covers that not only we would do, covers he would do. I mean, everybody remembers Coachella. You know, it's like mm. he'll just he'll throw he'll just throw in somebody's song and just, you know, just kill it. But with us, it was so great. He would send us sometimes when at the time, you know, when he was doing email and stuff, uh, a link to something on YouTube and be like, you know, learn this girls. And one time I remember it was it was uh, the Sarah McLaughlin Angel. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be beautiful. And but it's three of us. How are we going to? structure this, you know, vocally and everything. And he had an idea of how he wanted it and just kind of let us run with it and let us shine in our own in our own way. But it was so wonderful for him to give us that moment. And he could be like under the stage, changing his shirt, fixing his, you know, fixing his stuff and just taking a, a, a minute to like, you know, catch his breath, take a sip of water. And he would let us get out there and just, you know, sing and do these these great songs or you know, like on brown skin, when he, man, there's a recording of us. I got to find that thing doing brown skin and his guitar. <laughs> so it's not even a solo. It's like a guitar symphony something. It's crazy <laughs> um, how he play. I mean, you know, if you've ever tried to play guitar, you you know how difficult playing guitar is. Mm, and yeah, so keyword is a, tried in that yeah, sentence. Yeah, you have a whole new respect <laughs> for the instrument. Trust me when I tell you. And so watching him and listening how what to what he's doing with this instrument and he doesn't know what notes I'm about to sing he doesn't know I'm gonna go here and go there and he's just following me all over the place and everything and so it's moments like that that still either when somebody will put something up or they'll send a link and I some stuff I hadn't even seen 
And I'll hmm. just, if somebody will put it up and I'll say, I'm like, well, I was there, but I, I hadn't seen it from that perspective, you know, because my perspective is just doing it. And and that moment, but actually watching it back and getting a chance to like watch him and, and me and, and, and that just that energy is, is really, really cool. But um, yeah, doing the covers, doing the covers was really great. He just knew how to pick really great songs for us to do, too. He knew how to yeah, pick that's... Disco Heat out of Baby I'm a Star. Like, who does that? Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, we're doing Sylvester out of, out of okay, <laughs> how's this going to yeah. work? And it was like, he, he did it. He, he, could just, yeah. he could just make it happen. And then he, I'm a soul singer. I mean, I, I come from that. I, I sing all types of music. But Prince, he liked the Mavis in my voice, you know? And uh, so he would pick songs a lot that were, uh, you know, which way is up? I mean, come on. Like it just, <laughs> it's yeah, he just knew, he just knew where we could just, just really sit in it. You know, he knew songs where we could just, he'd be like, oh, shit, we're going to kill this, you know, and then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or Liv, oh, Liv's going to get this one. And, or at least like, he, he knew, he knew. So um, I remember when I first heard the Planet Earth album and Chelsea Rogers, and I remember thinking, oh, has, has Prince got um, Mavis back in the band? Is she singing? Listen, that? And it was, I, yeah. <laughs> you better stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell, Queen Mavis. No, thank that is a that's the biggest compliment you could ever give me. Um, thank you for even saying that. Real talk. Um, I love that woman. <laughs> And I told her yeah, to her face, just period, just flat out. <laughs> and she knew me. She had been watching. It's just so funny when you meet someone you love like that. And she remembers when it was North uh, Rotterdam, I want to say with uh, 2017 with the MPG. Y'all got to check the dates on this. But I went over to just do some uh, a show um, with the MPG. And I was over there about three or four days. Mavis was also over there. And this just shows you like her character. She remembered us meeting at 3121. And she had been watching like me wow. sing with Prince. Like, yeah, like this is Mavis. Day. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, you took me there with that. I love that woman. But yeah, he, and she's uh, still touring. Like still she's playing touring, here yeah. at Blues Fest, like I think next in April. So it's, yeah. she's yeah. still going. She's, it's crazy. She's, she's the real deal. And he and I would listen to her stuff and I would sing even when I was singing, you know, going back to cruise ships. I'd be singing. I'll take you there. I was singing like all of the Mavis songs. Everybody's like, she was going to do some staple singers. She was, you know, yeah. come go with me. She was going to do so. Yeah, that's what she's going to do. Hmm. So it's kind of like so many of those, you know, full circle moments like that. For real. You just took me there with the Mavis. I was like, what? <laughs> I was lucky enough to see 15 print shows over the years. And the best one I ever saw was one that you were in attendance. And that was the um, Welcome to Australia after show at Eaton's Hill, just outside of Brisbane in the early hours. Um, wow. You guys must have played from like 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. Like yeah. Till the sun comes up. Till the sun comes up. Till the sun comes up. <laughs> yeah. And this, was, this was after already playing the probably one of the longest main shows. And it just seemed like everyone was in such a good mood that night. And you played everything. You played like covers like Africa. Oh, I remember that. Wow. Outstanding. Yeah, we had Andy McKay with us too. Andy, Andy McKay. Yeah, I remember him. There's all the time stuff like Jungle Love and all this. And, and I just wanted to know, do you have any specific memories about that night? Because that was the, the greatest show I've, I've ever seen. That was a great night. I remember that after show was insane. You know, I just remember the energy, Africa, and we did do more than words. Yes, yeah, more yeah. than words. Wow. Yeah. 
like you bring, you're taking me back. Like, like I said, and I was there, like, <laughs> and you're bringing it all back fresh, you know, in my mind. So man. not only that, I think, I think you guys did, you even did the, um, jam of the year money, uh, Bugle Boy of MPG kind of the sequence at the end yeah. of that show as well. Damaris oh, came out. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That was once again, you know, our fearless leader putting together a killer medley Mm. Of, of music that is just good music. So it's like, who does that? Who puts together, you know, Jam of the Year? Who does and, that? You know, who, yeah, <laughs> who does that? You know, and the, you know, the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last song I'd probably ever guess to hear at a Prince concert. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And we're up there, you know, doing the harmonies and learning it, and do, you know, getting our different parts. And it was just, and it came, it was, it fits so great, just the way we did it. Because mm. he was like, whatever it is, we're going we gonna to still do it funky. It's it's just about how you do it. It's, you know, and he was right. So, yeah, man, Australia tour, 2012, mm. correct? Yeah, yep. correct. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, May, May 2012. Seven years ago? Wow. What is happening with time? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Toe Jam and I, we were actually front row, like against the gate. In at that after show, it was a it was a relatively small place, but it was packed, like jam packed, you know. And um, I just remember at the end of that show, we were all like everyone was sweating. It was hot. It was like really, it was in the best possible way. It was an, it was a nasty after show. Aren't those the best? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was crazy. And then like you know, we we're, we're leaving the venue and people are waking up and it's like, what time is it? Like, what's going on? And then I think the day, the same day or maybe the day later, uh, Rashida, DJ Rashida put up a post, something like, I got, I got to get that soundboard of that after show. That was one for the ages. So <laughs> we hope that's out there. Maybe we can get our hands yeah, on it one day. I hope it's out there too. That was, I'd love to hear some of the stuff we did because I just, I just know that we cut up. I do remember mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Like that's the crazy thing. Like you mentioned people sending you videos and stuff. As much as Prince didn't like people recording shows or getting their phones out, I'd say like in his entire career, at least 80% of stuff is out there. And it's just crazy. I mean, it's good for you now because people can send you stuff and like, look at this. Right. But it's just crazy how much stuff is out there. Yeah. But here's, here's my take on that. Okay. Well, I think that you know, when we would do our shows and stuff and, and now even with me, you know, performing with my own band, it's when you're on stage and you look down and instead of people being in the moment, everybody's got their phone up. Everybody, their phone. Everybody's got their phone up recording. They have to let everybody know. They're not in the moment. They have to let everybody know where they are. They want them to experience the moment with them. They want yeah. to capture the moment. And I get that if it's just their moment, but people would go and they would, it would be like, say if the audio was crunchy, it w- wasn't the best possible presentation of the music and of what we had mm. done. You know, he recorded so much stuff and he recorded it the right way. So I love stuff if it's from the board or if it's recorded the right way. So it's not just something that's, you know, raggedy out there that somebody's putting up and it's like, oh, man, we didn't sound like that. or so You know, but, you know, he had his views about protecting his music and that was totally his right. However, when it's your art, that's your that's your whatever you want to do. And you can change your mind. And He did that, too. Mm. Uh, But when it's your art, you can decide, hey, guess what? I don't this now this year I don't want this and then the next year you'd be like I want this now but I only want it to be here and here or here and here but it's your mm. art 
So you can, you know, it's your decision. Everybody ain't always going to like it. And that's just life. But he felt his way about his music. And so, you know, you got to you got to respect that, you know, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. He, he viewed his art as just that, you know, it's art. You can't. He made a, a comment one time about the. Somebody like I think I don't know if it was a Star Wars reference or something like that, but it's different when somebody like I said, they they film it and they put it up. They want you to have an experience. But then you have somebody recording it. And next thing you know, they're like selling a CD or a DVD <laughs> of like your of your concert <laughs> or of your study. And it's like, what? What do you what? You know, what's what's yeah. going on with that? Yeah. So that puts it in a whole nother. It's like, well, this is our stuff, you know. But that happens. And they're like, oh, we're just spreading the love and sharing the love. And, you know, but you can spread the love for free. You don't have to. Sharing, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, okay. If you're not making money off it, you can share yeah, it. Let's yeah. Call it boot, let's call it a bootleg. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, um. Okay, just on the the 2012 Australian tour, like we went to, between the four of us, we went to many, almost all of the shows, I think. Did you, you remember the one where uh, Chuck D got up on stage when I went and got Chuck D? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a memory. The crazy thing was though, after the tour was done, like we did a review episode of all the shows that we went to. And then, yeah, the crazy thing was, I don't know if you remember this, but about half the NPG like put out on Twitter and Facebook the link to our show. And I'm just wondering if you remembered that, whether that was something Prince said, hey, listen to this, or if you remember anything about that, because that just blew our heads off that the NPG was putting out our the review of the show, the shows. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, you know what? Listen, Prince w- was aware of y'all. So, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> a lot mm. of times you, I know how you look at you. And that's cool because I do that with me sometimes, too. And there could be somebody <laughs> I've never met over in Kirk Blankenstein, some country I can't even spell. <laughs> who, honestly, hear me when I say that, that listens that you reach through the Internet. And of course, you're like, how could that affect this part all the way over here? And how could they even be aware? But things mm. happen. It's energy. It happens. It's like out of all the things for you to hear, it's like, boom, and it's boom. It's the next thing you know, like you're getting flown to America. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. You never know who's watching and who's listening and who's paying attention. So mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you never know. Yeah. And with um, you, you mentioned Chuck D and we caught you at the Ivy in Sydney, the after party you were singing with Seal and Flavor Flav. Lord Seal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> when he sings the right lyrics, we love him, yeah. Oh, that was such a funny night. That's why I started. That's why I was laughing because I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we oh my goodness. Well, that was great. <laughs> What's it like working with artists like that in situations like that where they just kind of turn up and then you, all of a sudden you're singing with them? It's a lot of fun. I mean, because you know, once you're with Prince, it's like you go in any room, even you know, Prince is the biggest star in that room. So when yep. you get used to being in his space, um, and by this time, you know, it's 2012, I've been with him, you know, five years at this point, you just, you get used to being around, there's celebrities always coming around and because they, you know, they love Prince. And so they're, they, you just never know. And they're a fan of his, it could be the biggest star. It could be Tom Cruise. It could be the biggest. And they are, they turn into a straight up fan <laughs> where yeah. Prince is around us. So their energy changes too. 
So with me, Prince is like, you know, nope, they're just like you, you know, no, you know, there's no, there's no difference. And it's just yeah. what people do, you know, and they do what I do. It's like, they do what you do. It's just more people might know what they do, but they do what you do. And so yeah. for me, it just made it, I was just, I was cool with it. And it's for, you know, especially when I'm singing and I know all my lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hmm, kiss from a rose. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, we joked about it. What was what was that line? Was it? I think it was mountains. Was was it once upon a time in Tennessee or? Yeah, well, that's what he singing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and I love, listen, and I love my brother Seal. We all laughed about it because he was so. But the thing is, if you're gonna sing, be loud and be loud and strong, even if you're wrong. And he yeah. was, <laughs> he was he was committed to that lyric. Okay. He yep. was committed. He was committed. Right, yeah. Wasn't the right lyric. But he was committed. <laughs> if you make yeah, a mistake, was, make it twice. Then it's not a mistake. <laughs> he said, "Was a part of time in a land called Tennessee." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I won't forget that. It's funny oh, you mentioned that because everyone we talked to, like Eden Nelson and all that, they all remember Seal, like yeah, <laughs> just was, doing his own thing. Yeah, it was it, was, yeah. it was fun because he was feeling it. I mean, he was he's a Prince fan and he just loved being around that energy. And you could tell, I mean, he just hung out and, you know, Prince was laughing when he did it. He looked over <laughs> and everything. It was, just, it was, it was a, one of those moments where it's like, did he just, did he just say what I think he said? And we're all just kind of, you know, cutting our eyes at each other. Just like, okay, okay, let's, hey, Tennessee, go with let's go, let's go, <laughs> Tennessee, Nashville, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, from memory, at North Sea in 2011, at one point, like Prince let him have his time. But then at some point, I think, if I remember correctly, he turns to the band. He's like, from the top. <laughs> they started again. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Speaking of performances, it seems like from around 2010 onwards, Prince really started vibing on a particular song. And the song I'm talking about is... It's pretty special, obviously. Nothing compares to you. And mm. the reason I bring that up uh, in talking to you is that, I mean, it was years, I, I think, as fans that we saw Prince being as playful and just kind of silly on stage as well, but also really visually like smiling, having a ball. And when that song started, when you were in the band, it was really evident, at least to me, that when you guys did that number, there was something different going on at that time, at that moment, like it was, it was just a special part of the show. And I mean, obviously you got, you got a massive, you know, vocal performance on that Mm -hmm. as, as he did as well. But there was, I mean, every time you guys did it, there was something slightly different, you know, like you'd kind of move to the stage and he'd come follow you or you'd follow him or, you know, at some point you ended up hugging or, and I think everyone, whether it was an arena or whatever the size venue was, Everyone felt there was something about that that was unique. Do you, what, what are your memories of those, you know, each time you guys did that song together live? Wow. Well, I'm I'm smiling right now. Just just hearing <laughs> you talk about it is just got me smiling um, because that was a special moment in the show because it was just the two of us. Mm. And I love, you know, every, everything else is, you know, nothing against all the, the ensemble stuff that we did with the whole band and and with my sisters, Liv and Elisa and everything, and with Marvel when she was there. But with that song, it was just the two of us. And so there was a, there was a, all that energy was just right there. You know, it was like right there. And we would play off of each other. 
and mm. I can give as good as I could get, and he could do the same thing. And that's what you you need. That like Prince's energy was super strong. I mean, like it radiated. You know, you could you could just feel it. And I just I connected with him spiritually and with that energy. And I think people could feel that too, because uh, that that kind of stuff you can't really even you can't fake that. It's like it's either there or it ain't. And with us, it was it was there. And singing that song was a moment for us to have that was just our moment to sing together and to play off of each other and to be silly. And I could, he just let me one time I said something uh, like um, and one time we did it. I call him the greatest of all times. And so I said, he's the greatest of all times. And then I looked at him and I was like, you ain't bad either. Or something like that. He just let me, yeah, he let me find that video clip. Cause that, that's a good one. That was the kind of, um, he would, he would crack up. He starts cracking up. Cause he, you know, he's like, he don't know what I'm going to say, but I love that he gave me that freedom to do that. And um, there were times singing that song where I didn't, like I told him, and we tell like, I love Prince, but sometimes I didn't like Prince. And and you could say that, and I'm sure he could say that about me too. Like, Shelby, I love you. Sometimes I don't like you. It could be something that happened or something you did or something he said or the energy. And you got to go out there and sing a song together with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and there were those times too. And that made it even funnier because it was like, no matter what kind of situation, you know, we found ourselves in as, as friends having a, a disagreement about something or him telling me to go left and me thinking I should go right and him trying to pull me back left or something. The love and respect was always, always the constant and just solid. So that energy live like that is just, I can look back sometimes at recordings and I'm like, hmm, I could tell kind of that day. I'm like, I'm giving him a little sass right there. Like yeah. I'm being a little extra. I'm being a little extra. For real. I'm, I'm being a little extra sassy right there. Was I was I trying to get that out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's 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 fun. But I can see that sometimes when I look at um recordings of us doing yeah. it together. Yeah, man. And I love watching his face and you know, <laughs> stuff like that. It's just, you know, he 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 cuts up. He cuts up. It reminds me, I heard an interview with Elisa and she had a similar thing like you know she'd had some disagreement with Prince before a show and then she went out she did the whole show she didn't make eye contact with him for the entire show <laughs> and she was just and like she said you know he came up to me afterwards and he's like Is something wrong it's just like yeah you can you can not like someone at the time but you still love them in the end so yeah. oh yeah oh yeah that, that's real you know it, it you know that's that's a, stuff happens that's a, well, that's a real relationship, you know, you, that's yeah. when you're brothers and sisters. And it's like, you know, somebody said, you know, I can fight with my sister, but you can't, Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, it's a different kind of thing when it's, when it's family. So we were all family. Yeah. Okay. My question, I think I've asked this, every band member that we've talked to, I think I've asked them this question. So it's your turn. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, Prince had a habit of docking people for making mistakes or doing something wrong. Do you recall what was the most that you got docked and do you remember what it was for? Or well, did you, maybe you maybe you never did. Maybe you were just see, spot on never, the whole time. I just I never make mistakes, man. And oh. so you know, <laughs> you know, hey <laughs> what? No, he never uh I personally I can only I'm just gonna speak for Shelby. I never got docked for like making a vocal mistake and I made vocal mistakes. There was one time in Australia, I remember this, it was a jam of the year and I was starting it from under the stage and I was waiting for a cue and I needed to be able to hear 
uh, something I think Morris was doing uh. in my ear and I couldn't hear it on time. And I think it happened like more than once, maybe like two or three times. <laughs> and we were trying to get it right. And it wasn't really me. It was more like the sound getting into my ear at the right time so I could hear. But I'm coming up, you know, singing, you know, this is a jam. Of the oh, my goodness. And, and then I get that look. And see, the thing about it is that look is like that could be worth that's like a in your soul, that could be like worth thousands. What is like the MasterCard? Like, right? yeah. like you can't even put a dollar amount on it. So yeah, that if, look. If that, <laughs> if that look, if that look counts for money, I, I might have got Doctor Million Dollars on that night. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I got that, I got that look, but um, he asked me about it after the show. And I told him, I was like, I couldn't hear it. He's like, we got to get that fixed. And I was like, well, I'll, I'm on it. And so I, I remember after the show, you know, instead of going back into the dressing room in my mind, I'm like, I need to go talk to, to figure out this, you know, sound guy. I need to figure out what so happened with my monitor. Yeah. Right. With my monitors. And it's just where I was standing. It was a small technical thing, but it was just where I was under the stage. I wasn't getting a, a strong enough signal. And so we worked, we worked it out, but yeah. it's just, you know, things, yeah, it's just things like that. But he never, you know, docked my pay for, you know, messing Ooh. up notes, but he would give you a look and he would tell you, you know, if you needed to tighten up. You knew. <laughs> he was, listen, he was so honest with stuff. And sometimes, you know, you don't even want to hear stuff and it's, it could be the truth. And it's like I say, it's mm. that medicine you don't want to take, but you know, it's going to, it's going to make you better. But sometimes hearing it ain't always easy, but yeah. it's, that's how, you, that's how you grow. You know, and when people love you, they tell you stuff like that. They want to help you grow or they, you know, they want to see you get better. So that's love, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah, that's love. Like we, when we talked to Morris, he had, he had a great story about it. And the mistake wasn't even his mistake. It was like some other tech's mistake. But Prince just said, Morris, you're in charge of that. So and Morris just like ended up getting the money from this other tech <laughs> Like he, he wasn't ta- he wasn't taking it himself. He's like, man, this is not my mistake. You're paying for it. Uh, oh, it was, uh, it's, a, it's a good story. <laughs> oh wow. Oh man. I'm. <laughs> you're, you're, the, you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, hey man. You know <laughs> that brother was. You know he was Prince was super generous with me, man. I just can't even. You know, changed my whole life. You know, changed my whole life. So yeah. Yeah. I've got a question about on our show we've, we we like analyze Prince's music. We're really fascinated on how he creates and was just wondering if you could give us some insight on how Prince records in the studio and what that process involves. Like are you there when he's creating the music or is it most times he's already got the song done and you're just laying vocal tracks down? That's already No, it there. was a lot. It was it was different. It would just depend on what album, like when, you know, because it, I was with yep. him so for that, a, a long period, so and there were different singers and it was different, so many different there were different bands and stuff. So with certain songs, I heard some songs, he would have a tape deck that was like a tape deck. I don't know what uh, the size of it, but it's the kind with the, the big buttons and yep. the tape. Like, yeah, it's like kind of like a, it looks like a, a rectangle, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. tape deck. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, he would have some stuff recorded that way and play it and come in Studio A and start laying stuff or putting, you know, laying it and putting a guitar down, or maybe the drums would be there and he would, you know, add guitar. He'd be like, so-and-so's coming in to play this. Or So I watched him put together music in a bunch of different ways, like in a really organic way where it was just him, 
uh, when he and I worked on music that he let me start bringing in my notebook with songs I was writing. And he would, you know, we would work on those just he and I, which was beautiful and organic stuff like that to me coming in. And there's like a string section of like nine people already in the studio. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm thinking I'm coming in there. Yeah, we're just going to sit here and I'm going to do some vocals or something. And there's there they've been in there for four hours. I was at the hotel, so I have no clue, you know, but they've been right. in there recording these strings. So it was like, you know, he would put things together in very different ways. It would just depend on that what was required from that piece of music and who was around, who was available, what was happening at the time. So it was never one kind of like a set way, like he's going to do it this way every time. No, it was it was real different. I remember on Planet Earth when I was doing a lot of the vocals, there was some stuff where I did a lot of vocals myself in L.A. And then when I got back to Minneapolis, I would be in the studio in Studio A with the twins. And we'd be doing like a Lion of Judah or just certain different cuts. So we would certain songs were recorded mm. in different states <laughs> and places. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. And uh, it's never one like set way. He had a bunch of different ways of, of putting, putting things together. And with me, I did it a bunch of different ways. Sometimes doing vocals by myself, sometimes doing stuff with just Prince, sometimes coming in and watching him do stuff and then other people. So it was just, it was a, a smorgasbord of creativity. <laughs> Hmm. right gotcha thank you yeah you like that <laughs> yeah it's great it's great smorgasbord. I'm like it's a smorgasbord of creativity i can hear him laughing like what <laughs> all you can eat <laughs> like like really shelby <laughs> oh man oh wow i thank him for that because i can hear every time is that he would you know we we all have those friends that are like that will shoot you that look like for real, like, and I can still, I can, I can see it, I can hear it. Like, I'll say something, and I'll be like, like, if he was, he'd be like, for real, <laughs> like, <Yeah>. really. <laughs> whenever, whenever we say something like that on the show, we're always like, well, that's going to open the show, so we're, we'll put that at the beginning of the show for you. <laughs> it's a smorgasbord of creativity. <laughs> oh man, you guys are fun. <laughs> let's get to the real question how did the so, name toe jam come let's let's let's, 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 let's get to the nitty-gritty of the gritty <laughs> it's actually not that exciting it's just it's an old um it's an old uh sega mega drive game toe jam and earl and it okay. was um probably the like because I, I learned piano as a kid but that was the first game that got me into funk because the whole concept is it's sort of like a george clinton thing where these space aliens are from the planet funkatron it's toe jam and earl <laughs> And from that game, that's what got me into sort of funk music. So, you know, when it came to nice. choosing a name for this sort of stuff, I'm like, you got to go with Toe Jam because that's how I started yeah. in the funk. So. I, that's what's <laughs> up. I like that. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, everyone Thank thinks it's about smelly shoes or something. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, was, I was really interested, so I'm glad that you, you know, cleared it up for me. And see, now people are going to know. They're going to be like, oh, guess what? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. You, you, you know what's really what's really funny about that? We asking about Toe Jam's name, Shelby. Is uh, yeah, is there's something weird happened? I think around 2013 ish, where yeah. Third Eye Girl, Prince, MPG were doing a lot of rehearsals for um, some of the festivals you guys were playing, and at some point, one of the rehearsal jams was called Toe Jam MP3. Because I mean. <laughs> It was called Toe Jam, not ToeJam.mp3, but it was an MP3 file. And we could never figure out what that was about. Someone, there was a rumor that maybe Eda's 
toe got jammed in one of her boots, maybe I don't know, or, or, or whether whether it was a trip, whether it was a tribute to Toe Jam himself. <laughs> we'll never know. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth. Maybe I shouldn't have asked the question. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I walked right into that. But I do like that name, though. I do like that name. <laughs> and like I t- but like I said before, you never know who's listening. You never know mm-hmm. who's paying attention. So, <laughs> you know, and he was real slick with stuff like that that he'd do, you know, with people. It's, you know, oh, there you go. Toe Jam is a tribute to you. Real slick. Real, <laughs> I'll take it. You know, look, look. <laughs> You know, you just, you never know. You never know. Never know. <laughs> the funniest thing is ever since we knew that he was aware of us and he listened to the show, every time I heard any recording, like the name of this show is the Peach and Black podcast, you know, Peach and Black from the Sign of the Times. And so every recording we ever heard him play, you got the look. And it came to that line where color you peach and black. I was always listening for someone to just say podcast. It never happened. (laughs) (laughs) But I was always because just once would have been very cool, but it didn't happen. But I always (laughs) listened out. Oh man, we we might have to see if we make that happen. (laughs) One day. day. Hey, you never know. You never know. So knowing Prince and all the issues he had, you know, with the record companies and contracts over the years, how has that affected the way that you look at the industry? Now you're a solo artist. How has that affected, you know, the way that you look at things like that? What have you learned from Prince being in that situation? Uh, I think I learned to really understand the business part of the music business, not just making music. You know, if you have a gift of God blesses you, mm. You know, with that gift and and which is special, you really need to understand if you're going to try to make a living off of it and you want to because a lot of people can sing and they do music. They don't choose to make their living off of it. But if you're going to choose to make your living off of it, then you really it would behoove you, as my grandmother would say, (laughs) it would behoove you to understand the business part of it. So with Prince, I loved watching and, you know, this is before I got in this band, just how he wanted to be in control and took control. And he would say, you know, if you don't own your masters, your master owns you. And it's super important to understand that part of it. Now, once you understand, you can, you can make different deals with different people if you choose, but at least you understand the deal you're making. Even if yeah. it doesn't benefit you, you still get, you understand that too. You're not just, you know, blind, like, you know, just I can sing but I don't know, mm. I don't want to know about this and I don't understand publishing and I don't, you know, you need to understand uh, mm. all the different parts of your, of your business, of your art, so that you can make sure, A, nobody takes advantage of you and that you can understand how to truly maximize your art, um, especially if it's something that you want to be your bread and butter. So yeah, mm. so I love that about him, how he really wanted to educate other up and coming artists and musicians about that. And he talked about it all the time. He was just, he was an advocate for artist rights. And so for me, being in his band just instilled it even more because I was around it and I could see it. And he would, you know, talk about it and making sure, you know, make sure you protect your music and do this and do that. And these are things, you know, that he would say and that I would, you know, take heed because it mattered. It's like, he's trying to help me. Like, he's like, you know, you don't have to make mistakes like I made. You don't have to not understand. You just, you know, signing this or doing this or doing that, you know, just have a full understanding about what, what it is you're doing. So you know, what's up, you know, what time it is. 
you know. So with him, I definitely learned that the, the most important thing, if I could just wrap it all up, is that, you know, my art is my art. It's my art. And mm. if I choose to share it and I choose to share it with people, it's up to me to try to figure out, you know, the best way to do that. And if people want to come in and help me share it and help me get it out to millions and millions of people so I can share my art, then I'm thankful and that's cool. But it doesn't make it their art. It's still my art. You did? So, yeah. Yeah, he he definitely understood that. (laughs) I've got a... (laughs) <laughs> a question about Prince is an amazing guy and he has an amazing energy. And But was there ever a time where you saw him doing something mundane or unexpected? You know, just like something you, you least expect him to do that you're surprised by? Like wheel uh, out the garbage at Paisley Park or you know, <laughs> wear slippers or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. Uh, you made me think about a funny story of uh, just it's a sidebar, but that's <laughs> you say stuff and you made me think of something totally different about the time I took out the garbage and there was a raccoon in the trash can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Liz and Elisa would crack up. We'll talk about that on another one. Maybe we can get that on. That was hilarious. But uh, yeah, I remember one time walking past a small kitchen and this is when we were back from Vegas and before we left to go to London because we lived over there like three months, really. I was like living over there in London. I was like, I got a flat. This is so, this is, I have a Mary Tyler Moore moments. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember him in the small kitchen. I walked by and he, he didn't see me, but he was just kind of chilling, watching TV, like just, but so chill, you know, like when you're at home, like kind of just, you're really, you're really chilling and just watching TV. And that's the first time I had like seen that like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was cool. Cause you know, you know, you get in somebody's band and it's like, now you're my best friend. Friendship takes time. It's like, I didn't, I didn't know Prince. He didn't know me, but you get to know people, you know, especially when you're on the road and you're together that much is like real concentrated. Mm. So it's like two months is like a year <laughs> um, of when on road life. Cause it's like, you're together and you're traveling and you get to see everything. But um, yeah, it was a real sweet moment. He was just chilling, watching TV, just so relaxed and just chilling. And I was just like, okay. I just looked and yeah. just like, that's so cool. So yeah, that's a very, I know it's a very, it's a, it's just an ordinary thing, but it was so cool just to see him chill like that, you know? Mm. So I think we mentioned before, it's, we're having our 10th anniversary of this podcast. Congratulations. Yay. Thank, Thank you. you. And you were with Prince almost 10 years, and then your album, also called 10. Yes, and dedicated to him and my dad. Nice. So, yeah, just tell us a bit about that first album. Was that, had you started recording that before, say, April 2016, or was that all done afterwards? Or were you on that no, for years? Both. Some stuff I had started recording and I had stopped because ideally, when I talked to Prince about wanting to do a solo record and we were, we started working on music and North Carolina was the first song that we did. And we put that out. I want to say 12, 12, 12. That's when we released that with Uh, Hamilton on there. And ideally my solo record, which I had writing a lot and playing stuff for him and he was helping me with stuff would have come out in my mind, maybe August of 2013 at the very latest, if not earlier, 
with existing nice. material. Oh, okay. So it's from back, yeah. Yeah. However, <laughs> life happened. Uh, yeah. To, in I want to say May, uh, early of that uh, of that year, um, my whole my life switched and went in a whole nother direction, and I needed to take some time to try to put the pieces back together. And mm-hmm. I kind of stepped away from a lot. I stepped away from uh, finishing up the recordings I had started. I didn't feel like doing any of that. And things just kind of, you know, when you hear somebody say, put a pin in it. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to put a major pin in so many of the things that I had been working on and planning for to just try to figure out my life. So everything kind of got on pause for, for quite some time. Um, so some of the songs on 10 are songs written before Everything got crazy in May of 2013. And some of them are songs written as I was going through the craziness because Prince told me to write. And he was like, that's the best therapy for you. Write. I know you don't feel like singing right now, but just write. Right. Um, And I did. And so some of the songs are me being in it. And then some of the songs that made it on to the album are me coming out of the storm and yeah. it's like yeah it's just a different energy so it's it's a it's a mix of all of of all of that on that album mm-hmm. that's that album's super special to me and i i kind of feel like you know i really didn't get to promote it the way that i wanted to and you know i remember prince basically telling me and i say it all the time now i'm like music ain't milk it don't expire songs don't expire so yeah so i'm still out there I still want people to pick up 10 until everybody on planet Earth has a copy of 10. Then I'll be and I'll be happy. (laughs) I want them to hear those songs and I want them to to feel uh, good. And I want maybe they're going through something, you know, and they need a Mm. song like it's my time to make them be like, I can do this. It's going to be all right. Or, you know, maybe they're, you know, going through a divorce and they need a song like moved on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Music is 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 medicine. So I'm just I'm still telling people I'm like I'm I'm out here still, you know, sharing this album with people. Yeah. I cannot wait to perform these songs coming up. You know, my shows coming up in at the Capri. Uh, oh, yeah. Just singing them with a new a, a, just a new thing, because going through this last uh, trial. I mean, I'm telling you, this has been quite an interesting, like seven year period for me. Mm, um, yeah. With, yeah. With divorce, with losing Prince and with having breast cancer. And it's yeah. like, wow, like what? Um, and at the same time, trying to finish albums, trying to put them out independently, uh, trying to tour with my band and get the music out to people and everything. Um, and so for me, what Tin did going through this last breast cancer scare and going through the surgery and going through the radiation. It's like, I listen to my own music <laughs> to yeah. um, help myself. So I'm hoping I'm like, it'll help somebody else too. Um, yeah, to listen to, to that music. And I, you know, I, of course I had other music, you know, I make my, my Spotify, you know, a, a playlist. playlist I mix, yeah. Yeah. I'm mixing all that, that good stuff with it. But then like, you know, um, Wow, like like I said, like it's my time will come on, and I'm just like, yes, you, you never know how strong you can be. Like I, you know, and and at the time, you know, you're writing that about 
a divorce. And now when you're listening to it, you're listening to it because you still have 10 more radiation treatments. And so it's helping you in a way like I never thought when I wrote that song, you know, it was going to be helping me with with something like this. So it's just, it's interesting how that, that happens, but I'm, I'm super proud of that album. And like I said, I'm, I want to get it to as many people as possible and just keep performing it. um, You can keep promoting that album until the day before the next album comes out. You know what's so cool though? My sister said, Shelby, she said, listen, she said, your music, and my sister, Lynn, who you guys know is my drummer. Yay, Lynn. Yeah. Uh, she's so bad. I love her so much. She's like, Shelby, your music is timeless. And she goes, I'm not just saying it because I'm your sister. She's like, but your songs, she goes, they're timeless. She goes, you're saying something and it's real special and it's real real. And she goes, I'm proud. You know, I'm proud of you, you know, as, mm-hmm. as your older sister, just watching your growth because the people closest to you like that, they're with you during the whole ride. The stuff that people on Facebook don't know about yet. The people on Instagram don't know about yet. The uh, people, you know, they don't know about all this stuff that you're going through. So with having Mm. her, she's there to see it all. And so she's like, you know, you gave me strength watching you have strength go going through this, you know, gave me strength and like having your older sister tell you something like that, like, I'm proud of you and your music is timeless and don't you worry, you know, you're going to get out there and, and get this music everywhere. Cause I wanted to, I want to tour Europe playing these songs and I want to tour Australia tour, not just Melbourne. We're waiting for you. Listen, not just Melbourne. Not I want to Melbourne. Hit <laughs> I want to hit, hit the whole, keep me down there. You can keep me for about, let's see, about, <laughs> about eight, eight to nine weeks. Can you deal with me that, that long? Good. That uh, just be careful what you wish for. Ten's a good, ten's a good number. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do ten. I, yeah, <laughs> and um, I'm excited about that because singing your songs live is so different from recording them. Just it's different. It's a whole different energy when you sing yeah, it live. And now that people the album reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And now people know the music, which is kind of cool, as opposed to like, say, if the album came out two months ago, it didn't. So people have been listening to this record. They know these songs. So yeah. I witnessed that in August at the Dakota. They're singing every line of this, you know, mm-hmm. two o'clock. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> they're singing every note right along with me. So that's a beautiful thing with having it like the record be out for a minute that they can be a part of it with me as I'm doing it live now. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it, but yeah, that album is, I, is something. I've been blasting that album the last few days and the track run that out of every song in the album, that song, there's something about that song. Every time I hear it, I'm just like, I think that's the best song on this album. And I'm not you, sure why. Oh, you sound like Prince. He liked that song. He didn't Ooh. get to hear. Yeah. He didn't get to hear. <laughs> All of my songs, but he heard that one, and uh, yeah, there's something liked, about that every time that's just it's something so good in that song. I don't know what it is. Yeah, he liked my voice. <laughs> he would say stuff like, You know, you don't need a bunch of washing machines and you know, driving yeah. <laughs> bells and whistles, you know, being <laughs> going off, you know, around your voice. Like, I like hearing your voice with the guitar like yeah. that. It was just, just clean, and, right. It was so clean and I I get it. I get what he's saying. I love doing stuff like that. I look forward to doing like some Shelby unplugged uh, kind of Mm. things where I just sit around with my guitarist. And I actually kind of just did that because I'm working with Charlie Hunter uh, now and Carter McLean, who I did run with. Uh, He was my drummer from my band Black Gypsy. (laughs) And we started writing songs together back then. And so we wrote Run together. 
And after we wrote Run Together, we realized how great of a songwriting team we were. And he was already touring with Charlie Hunter. So then we created a trio. So wait till that comes out. <laughs> That's going to be so, people. People are going to be expected. They were like, what's happening? But we do a lot of that, uh, as Prince would call it, the, the music without the washing machines and stuff. <laughs> the music we do, just the three of us, it's just a trio. But Charlie's like guitar and bass with his, I don't know how he does it. His hands are mm-hmm. just gifted and with Carter on drums. So that's a nice little little unit. I think he would really like that. So if you like run and that kind of stuff, you'll, you'll really Ooh. dig uh, the stuff I'm going to do with. We call uh, ourselves cool. CS, CSC. <laughs> I made that up. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was about to ask you about, you know, your upcoming projects going forward. So that's obviously on the cards, right? That's yeah, one we, thing we can expect. Yeah, that's one thing. I um I learned from Prince like just record. Like when you feel like creating, you have to create. Like it's an artist's job to create, not to really you want to have a timeline. I mean, ideally when it's business like okay, I'm doing this for this, but when things happen and the music is created, it it's there. You know, it doesn't go anywhere. It's it's sitting there. No one's heard it. And that happened to me, like I you know, said, with starting the album and having the first single come out in 2012. And then, you know, everything happened in 2013, the way that it did. And things kind of get um, delayed, but not denied. And mm. so with the Charlie and Shelby and Carter um, stuff that we were doing, we just went up and recorded for like a whole week um, in a little cabin uh, with Carter's going to be like, my house is not a little cabin. It's so quaint. It's so beautiful <laughs> with the snow around. That's what it reminds me of. It's like, you know snow everywhere. And we were just there for like a week uh, drinking red wine and recording great songs and recording everything, writing, Mm. recording. And it was just so organic. And so a lot of that, most of that stuff is, is done. And um, so I'm, I'm, it's just, it's sitting and we're going to add some different things to it, but I'm excited to share that with the world. I don't have an exact date yet, but that's something on the, on the uh, horizon also, some possible live collaborations with my sister, Ida, some uh, performances with her, um, and then a few other things. I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys be the, the first to know when I, when, when, when this yeah. announce the next thing. But during, um, you know, I talked about my breast cancer when we were just talking about 10 and um, during the time that I was kind of off the radar and just focused on my health. And I just made that choice. People were like, why is Shelby out on the road? They didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so but during that time, I did exactly what I had done before. Like Prince told me when I was, you know, in 2013, he's like, right, 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 right. So I have so much stuff <laughs> that I've been writing. I would be journaling. Um, and that's a really, I, I think it's very therapeutic, even if, you know, you're not a singer and you're not somebody that takes those words and turns them into a song. Even if, you know, when you're going through stuff, I think that when you write out your feelings, it just really helps. I think it's very um, healthy to do that. Um, just to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get it out. It's like those people that write those emails and they don't send it, but they get it out. <laughs> like <laughs> they sit there, they type, they type, they're like, I'm not going to send this, but I'm going to get this all out. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's healthy. And with me, the beautiful thing is it was healing and it helped me to cope with the reality that was something I didn't see coming. And it was like, okay, Lord, you know, leaning on my faith and and my family. um, And just, I wrote a lot. So a lot of the stuff on the next album is going to be from this time. Um, And it's like Mm -hmm. one of those things again, where 
there's some stuff where it's, you could tell I'm maybe uh, in a valley because radiation is tough. Um, yeah. And I tell people, I'm like, you see me smiling and you didn't know that the day I'm doing this, like I, I did radiation and you don't, you, you, nobody can tell you your side, like you can read side effects on a, on a doctor's thing and they can tell you these are the side effects, but everybody's body's different. So you don't know until it's you <laughs> how something is going to feel. So mm. you're going through it in real time. And I, I wanted to give myself that. And so, and, and Monica, bless her heart. She was just like, just, you're going to be off. And all I want you to do is focus on your health and just yeah. when you feel like writing, write, get it out, like just focus on that. And so, you know, there were days that were, as I'm writing, it's a, a not good day. And then there are those days where it's like, yes, like this is, I went in, I did this. It was like, boom, I didn't have any fatigue. I, I felt really good. I didn't have any headaches. This is wonderful. And I'm so thankful that it could always be worse. You know, when people say that and they're like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, just be super thankful because I didn't have to get chemotherapy. Um, praise God. And I, you know, I just had to go through my surgeries and the radiation. Um, and that was, you know, a lot, but it could have ended so different. And so for me, I'm like, I can make it through this stuff because there's some people that don't come out on the other end at all. So I'm like, every moment I thought about even a little bit of woe is me, I just had to remember that there's some people that will not come out on the other end of this at all. So mm. never lose sight of that and just be thankful. And that I'm I'm glad now that God has used this experience in my life. I'm such a vocal person that now that I'm I'm comfortable enough to talk about it, even with you guys, I think this is probably the most I've kind of talked about this really. Um and my husband be like, what is she talking about? But I just, I live in my <laughs> truth. I live in my truth. I have to go where I'm being led. Um, maybe somebody needs to hear this out there. But um, I look forward to getting more involved with sharing things with women and men, men get breast cancer too, that I've learned along my, with my journey. So to use my platform of music and, and, and meeting all these people all over to share with them good knowledge I've learned about fighting cancer and what to do and how to do. And when you're going through this and you go, I mean, I, I learned so much. I soaked up so much information because I really mm. wanted to understand what was going on with me. I didn't want to just be one of those. I'll just do whatever, do what the doctor says. I need to understand <laughs> what's going on. So I'm excited that I have the opportunity to do that now and to let people know like cancer happens to everybody. Diseases happen to everybody. And, you know, you can come out stronger and healthier and wiser and just more thankful. Like I was always grateful for my life. I was always, always had such a sense of, of gratitude for my life. But going through thinking about your own mortality um, until you go through that, it's, it's something. Mm. It, it definitely changed me to make me even more uh, grateful and thankful. It's like the, even the little, little things, I'm like, that's nothing. Like, you know, think something that could have been a, a issue or a problem or something that's like, it's so petty because, you know, I'm here. I've been given a second chance to do good and to to share good yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and I'm it, like, if your experiences and what you went through, if that can help other people, then that's, that's worth talking about. Yeah. And it's they might be, that's yeah. it. Yeah. They might be coming for the, 
the music and a lot of people, what I dug was they they came to my page and they were checking out some musical stuff. And then one lady hit me up because I'm on my Facebook and I, I love talking to people and I'm very engaged with, with my people there. And she was telling me, she you know, she came for the music, like, see, where shall we playing? And that's when she found out about my breast cancer journey. And then she shared with me, she direct messaged me about what she had been going through. And I was able to send her some links and stuff because, of course, you know, like I said, I save everything. So yeah. I got, oh yeah, because for me, it's a reference because I'm still in this journey. Um, mm. It's yeah, it's it's not over. I'm still in it. I'm cancer free, praise God, yep. uh, today. But I'm still dealing with the uh, side effects of post radiation from time to time, and of this medicine that I'm going to be on for the next five years called tamoxifen. Uh, which a lot of breast yeah. cancer patients are on and just being able to talk with other patients about that too. And they, they hit me there. It's not always like in the comments, you know, and on my page, like up under the posting for, you know, my hats or my t-shirts, they will direct message me. And I love the fact that they feel open enough because I've shared my truth and I was open when I, when I felt like I could. Now they're sharing theirs with me. And it's just, it's so cool because we can help each other like that. And sometimes it's just having somebody to listen and say things to, you know, just to that has gone through what you're going through. They know what it's like to be on that radiation table. They know they've been there. So it's just that bond. Uh, so it's been really special. I've made some really beautiful connections with women for all over the world. So that's that's a really beautiful thing. And I look forward to making more and to really getting more involved with uh, breast cancer awareness and nutrition awareness and all these great things that I've learned that can help women try to avoid breast cancer if you if you can, but just helping helping them in any way that I can. So letting God use my experience, even though I, I didn't want it and it's like it took me completely by surprise, but it's like if it's one in eight women, mm. if I have to be that one, right? And I'm looking at yeah. like my sister, my mama, if I have to be that one, it's like, all right, God, I'm going to wear this and you're going to get me through this. And I'm going to use this experience in a positive way to help other people with this as well. And I know that's what he wants me to do. So I look forward to doing it. I'm doing it already, like I said, with the women that are hitting me with direct message, but um, in a in a bigger way, maybe getting involved with the Breast Cancer Society more and even you know locally and just just doing my part. There's so many things you can do to help folks, you know? Well, and, yeah. and you're doing it with the music as well, right? I mean, we're so, we're so glad to be talking to you today and uh, hopefully we'll see you in Australia as well. But your most recent, I guess, musical uh, release and contribution, God is here. I'm imagining after hearing some of the things that you've said that that is a single piece of music that kind of uh, fits in with with everything that you've just said. What can you tell us about that single coming out and um, you're thinking that's going to be a standalone thing or maybe you're going to put that on an album. Uh, we, we definitely want to hear that live, that's for sure. <laughs> but Oh yeah. yeah, I'm going to be performing that live for the first time too um, at the Capri. I'm excited about that. That's going to be my first time singing that live. So that is, the band's excited, I'm excited. I wrote that song, that song came to me uh, while I was laying on a radiation table and music comes to me all the time. But I was laying there and I was not having such a good morning. And um, it was about a 15, 20 minute drive uh, for me to get to my radiation. I had to go every day, five days a week. 
And I was just not having a good morning. And I got on the table and even my nurses, I would see them every day. They could tell I was low. I was dealing with some pain and some different side effects that had started happening that were new to me. And I was just not feeling so great. And I laid there and I was just like, you know, in my mind, I was like, I am not alone. You know, I was, God is right here with me. I know you you feel alone sometimes, but he is going through this with me. And I just have to keep the faith and know that he's not going to give me anything too hard for me to handle and really lean into that faith. And that song came to me and I I got up after (laughs) my nurse was like, where are you going? Because you changed clothes in another little room. And I told I said, I'll be right back. I got to record this. And my phone, Uh. you couldn't have your phone and my phone was in there in the locker. So I'm in there trying to get the little lock open in the dressing room. (laughs) So I can record. It's so funny now when I'm thinking about it because I still got on like the the thing that opens in the back, you know, and I <laughs> the, the top thing and uh, the medical gown. And I'm getting my phone trying to uh, record this song that was just coming through me because I never even wrote the lyrics down to this. Even when I went to record it, it was I had it recorded in my phone and I knew it. I just knew it. And I just I went and I, I sang it. And so I was like, this song is definitely heaven sent. And it's going to help people all over. And I just want them to know no matter what they're going through in life, God is always with you. Even if you call him by a different name, he's always with you. You know, even if you call him spirit, even if you call him Buddha, he is with you. There's always that force that is with you. And don't forget that even if you feel like you're by yourself, you're never by yourself. And so Mm -hmm. I hope that they can feel that because that's where that song came from. And what was so funny is I'm supposed to be like off, right? Cause I'm going through radiation and I'm, and I tell Monica, I got, I got a song I got to record. She's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I know, I know, but I, I have to, it felt like a, um, I don't know the right word to use, but it, it just, I, it, it had, you to, had, I to, had do to do it. it. You I had, had to do it. Yeah. I had to figure out a way to get it done, even around, of everything I was going through, I was like, I have to find a window of time where I'm feeling okay. I'm not fatigued. I can go in, I can do the courses. I can go back in the next day. I can, I might be able to, you know, bang it out like a, like Shelby when she's, you know, in her, you know, ready for the battle kind of shape, but I'm a little injured. But it's, it still sounds like that though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I was, that's the thing. Like, I mean, obviously we didn't, we didn't, know you know the ins and outs and the context within which you recorded that but listening to it uh since its release it's incredibly life-affirming i mean the production is so it's so full a full sounding musically thank you them cats were playing on that song (laughs) that's that's not goucher on the bass is it that's really thick i don't know what the <laughs> no, that's not good. It is thick, though. It is. Yeah, it is, it is yeah, but thick. it is. It is super life affirming, which is um, which is awesome. So, thank you. I I appreciate that. Um, I was hoping that when you put when you put out music, you never know how people are going to receive it. It's just you know mm-hmm. you're putting out the music that that you've been sent, and you put it out. So when I hear back, you know that kind of it, that affirmation, like. Yes. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like even you saying that is like that right there is that's the payoff. That's that matters. You know, that really, really matters. So shout out to all my cats. Um, Courtney Butler played bass on that. Courtney Butler, oh, my cool. North Carolina awesome. cats, Josh Boyd on drums, um, all, Michael Yelverton, all North Carolina, all right here because I was here. 
you know, going, you know, I had to mm. do, if I had to do it, I had to cut it here. <laughs> so it's like, all right, here we go. Let's, let's, let's knock this out. It just makes me smile to know that it helps. It's, it helped you. You felt it. And that other people out there are feeling it too. Cause they hit me in my, like I said, my DM on Facebook and stuff. And they let me know. And that makes me feel great. Like some people are like, Oh, you know, you want to, you know, go triple platinum. And somebody was asking me something about that, like in a thing. And I said, <laughs> I really, listen, I didn't get into music to make money. It's like, you know, my, that's not my motivation. I want to be able to support myself and take care of myself and my family and my people. But there's a lot of other ways you can make a living. This was, yeah. this was my calling. It's like, this is what I was put here to do. And I, I feel it. I know it. I'm here to be a vessel for whatever God needs to send through me and whatever needs to come out of me and through me. That's what I'm here to do. And whatever way, shape or form that manifests itself, you know, like I was telling somebody, I was like, it could be, you know, my music. It was, you know, I, I love theater. I love film. I do people like, oh, my gosh, Shelby, you love Broadway. I'm like, what? Like I was auditioning for rent like we you know just different mm-hmm. things there are a lot of different parts and and sides of me but it was always motivated by a love of doing it not a love of i want to get this so i can get a bentley or i want to you know that's what i mean people, no, yeah well people are motivated by different things and that's cool if that's your game if that's your thing it's like cool go on with that but for this sister it's like it's it's just what I know I'm supposed to do. So if 30 yeah. people download my song and it reaches 30 people. Yeah, it connects with them. Grat- yeah. yeah, it's gratifying for me. It's like it doesn't make it um doesn't make it great because 20 million people, 20 million people can like garbage. You know, they can mm-hmm. <laughs> they can they have 20 that million happens. downloads <laughs> of they can have 25 million downloads of some straight up trash. Um mm. and it's like what? <laughs> You know, to each his own. But <laughs> well, know, I think as I, Prince said, right? It's a success when it's done on completion. If you're happy with it, that's the yeah, first. That, yeah, that's, that's the first it. hurdle, right? Yeah, because an artist's job is to create art. So mm. not it's not really your job to be like, oh man, are people going to dig this? Or I want to do this. What do people like this week? Because that's a real slippery slope. I don't go oh, into yeah. creating thinking about what's hot. Like what's the, you know, what's the sound of the week or what's, what's everybody doing now? What are they doing to their voice? And they're doing this to the, it's like, I just create based on what comes through me. And, um, yeah, like, yeah what, what I'm going you, you through. You just what, do what you got to do. Yeah. Do hmm. you boo, do you boo. And, so, and we, I mean, we, even just, just hearing you talk about all that, you know, I mean, for all of us, life's life has many ups and downs, right? And so music is one of those things that if it hits you deep in your chest or if it really connects with you, that's something that can be healing and, you know, get you through the day sometimes. But the other thing is humor. And so one of the things I couldn't let you get away from us today without asking you was what are, I can't ask you what the funniest story is because I think you'll have, a, you know, you'll have to go through your notebook of all the funny moments <laughs> with friends of the MPG. But it's been a lot. <laughs> what is one funny moment that maybe comes to mind that, that you just thinking about it now just makes you smile or makes you laugh? Wow. I remember we were playing a festival. I'll, I'll get the name wrong, but I just remember Kanye West was on the festival and it was like a three day festival. Wow, where was this festival? I have to get back to where, where we did. Um, so, we, no, no, no. It was, 
it was some festival, Kanye West. Look and see where you can find Prince and Kanye West because we, we got him out on stage with us. We played the night before he did or something like that. And he came out on stage with us and performed. So wherever that was the festival. But the funny part is, is not has nothing to do with the performance, has nothing to do with nothing like that. I remember it because when we were hanging out like backstage, you know, festivals, they had those little golf carts. Um, they look like, you know, to take people around and shuttle them around. And so Prince, sometimes people would know that he would drive. He would say he might have his bike. He might he would do that. He'd get a little cart. He'd just do it. Yeah. And I remember him being on this cart and him being like, come on. And you ever seen what's happening? Uh, we rerun running after the uh, uh, truck. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, because he was, he would do funny stuff like that. And he would like, he was in it and go, he would go a little bit and I'm like trying to get on and he'd go a little bit and I'm like, okay, this is, this is funny. And then he just took off and started laughing and he had that, that belly laugh. This is your uh, Apollonia moment. Oh, oh yeah. Like on the, like the bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow wow i never thought about that that way but yeah i guess that was my my moment like that but he kept going he never he didn't stop he was like ah, ha, 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 and he was just gone <laughs> i was standing there like so at least you know he came back for apollonia i stood there i said okay i'm gonna get you for that it was so <laughs> funny but he was he was such a a good prankster like with little things like that little moments you know so mm-hmm. that was one of there's so many, but there, that, that was, was one that, the Way Out Festival in Sweden. Yay! Uh, they're still look at you. Yeah, that yep. was. Uh, I remember that was at that festival. But uh, yeah, I'm running after little cart like rerun, and then he just took <laughs> off thanks Prince. <laughs> oh man, what a guy! So let's talk about this. Your Capri Theater you mentioned before. Uh-huh. That's um, during the same week as celebration. So everyone who is in Minneapolis. For that, go and see Shelby J. Please, come on out. It's at the Capri. Yes. It's uh, 25th of April is what I've got here. Yes. And we've got a 7 o'clock show and a 10 o'clock show. And a 10. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's a hang. I want people to come. And I told them for that night, uh, the Capri is going to be like Shelby's house. Like, come on over to Shelby's house and, you know, get a hug and get some music and fellowship with other like-minded souls and individuals. And I got special guests coming through and we're just going to have a party. Like Prince was all about creating your own happening or event. You know, it's like, yeah, he would just, he'd be on it all the time. And I never really understood it. I would watch him do it. And sometimes you don't think you have the power to do things that other people do. And I learned from him, like you can create your own, like you can create your own party for folks to just come on out. And people have been inboxing me and Monica asking, you know, am I going to be a celebration? Am I doing a show? They want to cut. They're only coming over. They're coming to America, like just for this weekend. And, you know, they're like, we know you're going to do be a part of celebration, but are you doing anything where you're going to be singing the songs off 10 and just, you know, doing Shelby music? And so I talked with her about it and I was like, man, I just, I really want to do something, but you know, I'm still healing and I'm, you know, I've got my mm-hmm. the stuff. I know I want to honor my brother and, and do the other stuff with Paisley Park. And I was like, you know what? I have to do this. I heard Prince in my head being like, you have, you've got to do this. Um, Do, you know, because honor me. But he would be like, all you know, sing my stuff, but make sure you're doing your music, Shelby. What about your music, Shelby? You know, yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, man, I just, hey, those lessons were not lost on me. And so I honor him by doing what he taught me and by letting it be visible to folks. So 
uh, I said, Monica, let's do this. And basically we are promoting our, our my show. Um, I'm, I'm co-promoting it with, uh, with my team. And we're almost sold out of the 10 o'clock show. We have more tickets available for the seven o'clock show, but it's just going to be awesome. It's just going to be music and fun and dancing. And I'm going to get people up on stage and I'm going to have some visuals and we might have some cheesecake going around, even though I don't know if I can eat it because I'm a vegan now. So so I don't know if she does a vegan cheesecake. You'll have to see if um, Vanessa can make up uh, some sort of vegan you know, I'm like, can you do something for me? But I'm excited about that. And um, I want it to be really super successful. And my band's excited. And it's going to be my first time really back um, singing with my band since everything I've gone through, you know, with last year and everything. Because um, the last time I performed was at the Dakota in August. And that was right before a lot of mm. stuff picked up with surgeries and stuff. And a lot of people didn't know that either at the time. They're like, they had no idea like what, but um, yeah, I'm excited to get back up on that stage. And I know I'm going to, you know, probably just show all the way out because it's been so long <laughs> since I've gotten mm. to, since I've gotten to really do it. But um, I'm excited to sing my music again and sing God is here for the first time. And like mm, I said, yeah. People coming through and with all of that purple love and energy, people coming from all those different places. So uh, it's going to be great. And I'm doing celebration. I'm going to be performing Prince Live on the big screen as well. So you get some Shelby, Shelby and you get Shelby doing the funk soldiers and you get Shelby singing with her brother. So I get to, you know, like first say you do 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 it all, you you know. So hey, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure nice. I'm sure that week you'll have um in the trunk of your car you'll have a whole box full of CDs for people to buy. <laughs> oh there. man, listen, they can. Make sure have, you're ready. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, definitely, there's some people that um, downloaded my CD and they want the physical copy. And what's so cool is when they're coming to the show, not only can they get the physical copy, but I can sign it for them, like right there. Yay. So that's cool nice. too. Like I would, I love doing that when I would go to somebody's concert. I loved, and I could get their CD right then and have them sign it. Like it's like what? Like you don't forget that moment. You just finished hearing the songs, and so I look forward yeah. to that. But we're gonna have all of my merch, my T-shirts, and my Scullies. I'm so proud of the store that we built. Shout out again to Branded by MJM. Um, and the store, um, you know, it's just really, really great stuff happening. And God is sending me so many wonderful resources to share my messages, even with you guys, um, me being able to talk about my journey and talk about my shows to let people know what's happening. I appreciate that because people can't support you if they don't know what you're doing and they don't know what's going on. So you give me the opportunity to, to make them aware so they can support. So sure. I appreciate that. Thank you. No, awesome. No, thank you. I mean, yeah, we'd love to see you back in Australia and you can come and party with us. Oh, I'm coming. Yay. Well, that's it. It's a done deal. <laughs> Make it happen, Monica. Make it happen. Listen, Australia <laughs> didn't want to let me go last time. They did something to the plane and I got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, you got delayed by a day or something. We wouldn't know anything about that, Shelby. So, um... <laughs> yeah, I know y'all had something to do with that. I saw, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it's been so good having you on. And um, I mean, we've been talking for a while, but you know what? Just hearing about 
your background coming up, uh, all the stories about, you know, being introduced to some of the biggest musicians and artists pretty much in the land, uh, working with Prince and the MPG over the years. Uh, it's been just a thrill listening to, you, you know, retell some, some stories and tell us about some exclusive moments that you had with Prince, but also with everyone else involved, right? Because it takes a team to make it all happen as well. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's just really been a thrill and, also hearing your story, especially more recently, uh, we just want to wish you all the best and um, you yep. know, we're thinking of you and um, yeah, keep that music coming and, and we'll keep listening. Thank you. I, I you know, doing this is like um, looking through a photo album, you know, that's what it feels like, you know, when I'm going down memory lane like this. So so thank you guys, you know, and thank, thank you, all the, the listeners out there, you know, for loving Prince, supporting all his little, I call us the Purple Disciples, you know, mm. all of us supporting our solo projects, supporting our dreams and everything like that, because people don't have to do that. And so I thank them for riding with us, you know, even though he's not here anymore in this physical plane, you know, with them still showing us that love is just, it's real special. And I know he appreciates it too. So that's what's up. Well, I hope we didn't keep you too long and you had a good time. Oh, no, I'm, I'm free. Yeah. I'm just chilling. I'm going to actually go and um, watch the Sam Cooke uh, documentary. Um, oh, I've heard about that. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. Mm-hmm. They just put it on Netflix. I'm going to watch that tonight and uh, do some air pop. I've learned how to air pop this popcorn because I like sandwiches oh, and oils yeah. and stuff. All this new stuff I've learned, too. All this air fryer. Vegan. An air fryer air is the know, best thing. Like, <laughs> I just got one yeah. like a few months ago. It is so yeah, good. They're great. Yeah, they're great. You can yeah, cook anything. So- Anything. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to show everybody. <laughs> Do your own commercial. Right. Like, Maybe you got, the, you got the name of the next, next album, Air Fryer. That's it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So thank you guys so much. I, I appreciate y'all. Uh, thanks so much. I love you, Shelby. Awesome. You've been listening to another Peach and Black podcast. Catch all our episodes at podbean.com, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Mixcloud, and all other good podcast directories. Search for Peach and Black Podcast. Continue the Peach and Black experience online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The Peach and Black Podcast is written and produced by Rob S., otherwise known as MC, Captain, Player, and Toe Jam. Original theme music by Toe Jam. Audio production and additional audio editing by Captain at that's me at Funky Temple Studios episode artwork by Reverend share our podcast with your friends and other Prince fans if you love our show please write a review give us star ratings you can contact the Peach and Black podcast by email at peachandblackpodcastofficial at gmail.com Toe Jam uh, is the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope that was recording then. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>